All right, well, welcome everybody to the very next episode of the RF Generation Collector Cast. This is the last episode before we are off to Retro World Expo. Crabby, are you excited? I am so excited. I can't wait. <laughs> right? Uh, Krabby's back. He, you were gone last month. We missed you. I was gone. Yeah, I've been on and off for a while. So hopefully I can have a little streak where I'm back for a few episodes. I know, because right? like every time when you're gone, people uh, that's the first thing people ask me, where's where's Krabby at? I'm like, what, really? Nobody cares that I'm here every time or what? <laughs> You've never missed an episode. I know I, I nobody <laughs> else would edit it <laughs> if I wasn't here. We just I wouldn't tried, have an episode. I tried that one time. <laughs> you did. That's right. I give you kudos. You you did episode, like what, episode six or something like that. Yeah, something way back, yeah. That's all right. I don't have two jobs and uh, and everything else going on, so I completely understand. But everybody always wants to know, just quick, I mean, we've been chatting offline a little bit, but uh, you want to update everybody, let everybody know how the store is going? Store is going fantastic. We moved to a new spot July 1st. Um, so summer was really good. We're just kind of waiting to see how it is now with everyone going back to school. But we're optimistic, and I'm hoping to step back a little bit and have some more free time over the next little while. Does free time mean just actually sleeping? Free time it means a little bit of sleeping. It means <laughs> going to awesome things like like Retro World Expo. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it means playing maybe playing some more Nintendo games, getting some more up on my channel there. I'm ready to see that. Yeah, we're trying to get a, a capture set up for the store so we can stream some events, but I think I might use it on some of the off days to just go in and play Nintendo too and see if I can get some more more episodes up there on the YouTube channel. That sounds like a good plan. Mm-hmm. I would be excited to see some streaming from Game Quest. We will hopefully have that up uh, over the next, I want to say, two months. Cool. We will make sure to share links to that stuff out on social media once we've got it. Um, Bill is not with us, but uh, good for Bill, right? Yeah, he's got some exciting new member of the family there. Yeah, we uh, Bill's son had arrived, um, what, yesterday? So September 9th, is that right? Yeah, I think so. Um, and so, uh, his, his brand new bouncing baby boy sent us a picture of him. He is, of course, adorable, right? Of course. Have you seen, <laughs> I mean, have you seen Callahan? How could he not be adorable? Yeah, well, B- that's, that's B- pretty much B- true. Bill and Sarah make, make some nice looking babies. That's true. So, um, welcome to the world, Cameron McGee. He's, uh, a big boy, from what I understand, from what we were told. Yeah, he's like over 10 pounds right, right off the Like bat? 10 pounds, 12 pounds. He has almost 11 Ooh. pounds. Yeah. I mean, like 10 and three quarters. That's pretty wow. Beef I don't cake. know what that is in kilograms, like 700 kilograms. or <laughs> I don't know. It's like 2.2 or something. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know the conversion rate. But yeah, healthy as a horse. Uh, everything is going really well. So obviously, he's not going to be with us this episode. I thought about that. This is the first episode I think he's missed. Since he started. Yeah, that could be true. Yeah, I know I've missed a few. I don't think you've ever done just you and me episode before, other than not, when Bill started. Yeah. yeah, not since like the ancient days, right? Yeah. And I think we've learned a few things since then, so hopefully we can make this a little more exciting than the older shows. <laughs> just You'll have to sing at one point, and I'll go on a long rant about something that's kind of related. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done. I did my thing. <laughs> well, that reminds uh, me of the time I worked at Disneyland. For- <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, we've got some fun stuff planned for this episode. Uh, we're, of course, going to start off with some of your questions. We've got some great ones lined up. Um, uh, it's a shame Bill's not here. It's always his favorite segment. 
And uh, then we are going to spend some time talking about the imminent retro VGS, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, I'll save it for the topic. And I think it'll <laughs> be a good one. Good topic. Good discussion. Hey, Chris. Yeah? Have you heard of OTC Video Games? Who's it? What's it? What? They they have an online store to buy old retro games and modern stuff, too. No, wait, 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 wait. You know, uh, they they buy stuff? They do buy stuff. They even have great deals where they pay for shipping for some things. If you're sending in over $100 worth of stuff to them, they'll cover the shipping in the U.S., so wait a minute. So like all these like Nintendos and stuff I've got piled up here in the corner, they'll buy them from me? They will. They'll pay cash or store credit. No, I mean, you know, I just, these things I run across them all the time. I'm at the flea market. You know, you see them for a couple bucks, you pick them up, you clean them up. You're like, you know, maybe one of these days. But I mean, they really do kind of pile up in the corner after a while, right? Yeah, they'll take big piles of consoles. No problem. I mean... That's pretty cool, because maybe I want to trade it in for a retro VGS or something, huh? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> okay. If, if you want to keep some of those consoles instead of selling them, they also sell parts to fix them up. What? Oh, so I, I have, like, a Super Nintendo, like, and it, uh, the controller ports are all screwed up. So you're just saying I could get the part and I fix it myself? Absolutely. You'll be playing NBA Jam in no time. Oh, man, I love NBA Jam. Thanks. No problem. <laughs> okay. Uh, they also sell, like boxes and and magazines and promo items and lots of stuff to do with gaming you mean oh wait a minute now you're trying to tell me that for all these loose nes games i've got sitting around here i could buy boxes to put them in you might be able to check it out what i mean okay now now i know you because you love having boxes for like your n64 games and stuff so i mean would you go out and look at them for some boxes for your stuff not only would i look at them i've actually bought some from them really so tell me about like your experience then you're trying to tell me that i should buy from them and how to go for you it was awesome i got a bunch of strategy guides i wanted i got some turbo graphics games i got some box 64 stuff they were so happy with me they even threw in a free t-shirt that i wear once in a while it says pc video games across it no way these guys sound great they are and i'm in canada they shipped up here too it's not just the u.s Oh, that's pretty cool because a lot of people don't like to deal with customs, right? They don't, but no, these guys are awesome. Oh, that's pretty cool. I mean, uh, well, I mean, what do I do if I want to sell my stuff or, or buy some games? What do I do? Just send them a message. They've got a bunch of social media places, or you can find them on otcvideogames.com. OTC Video... Uh, okay, yeah, I've got their site right here. Hey, it looks like they're uh, just the same thing on social media. They're OTC Video Games on Twitter, and on, they got a Facebook page. And since I did my purchase, they've even added this new reward system into the store. So you can refer your friends, and you get free 5% off your first purchase. And then wow. every dollar you spend, you earn points, and then you can use those points for discounts later on. Oh, man, I love that. I'm like, my local store has something that's pretty similar. It works out great, especially when I'm buying games for my friends. Speaking of local stores, it looks like yeah? they're opening up a local store in Pennsylvania this fall. Oh, man, where at Pennsylvania? Lansdale? Do you know it? Lansdale? Well, yeah, everybody knows where Lansdale, Pennsylvania is. They really need <laughs> a great store. Well, they won't this after this fall. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, uh, aren't they coming to Retro World Expo? 
I sure hope so. That would be amazing. They are. I think I'm pretty sure Bill told me that they're going to have a table there so we can meet the guys and maybe buy some stuff. Maybe they'll give me a discount if I wear their awesome shirt there. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they will. <laughs> I, you know, though, I don't we have some sort of coupon code with them, though? I believe we do. Uh, if you yeah. type in collector cast into your uh, your final cart, I believe you get a 5% discount. A 5% discount for using the name of our podcast? I couldn't even forget that. <laughs> and guess what else, Chris? Why? Why? I mean, there couldn't be anything else. This is too good to be true. <laughs> if you're spending more than $50, and, and don't kid me, you're, you're definitely going to spend more than $50. Well, you know. They're going to ship it to you in the U.S. for free. Wait a minute. I don't even have to pay shipping. I mean, eBay, Amazon, they always want to charge me shipping. Eh, their prices are usually very com- competitive to eBay and Amazon anyway, so you should go buy from them and save the shipping and save a few bucks on the games. Man, fantastic. It sounds like if I really want a great place to go for classic video games, otcvideogames.com is the place to be. It's my place. All right, well, why don't we get into some questions here? Let's start out with some from Twitter, if we can. And uh, as always, uh, the wonderful at Sega Tomcast. Uh, Tom has been trying to grow a beard, if you follow him on social media. <laughs> I feel for Tom. It's not going very well. <laughs> Krabby, I think you can probably outgrow him in an afternoon. Is he coming to, to Retro World? Can give him I some think tips. he's going to try. I think he's going to try. Uh, I think maybe just you could just shave off half your face and give it to him. And We'll do that like, uh, you see the episode of Beavis and Butthead where they, they shave off their pubic hair and, and glue it to their <laughs> face to, so they look older with their beards? Yeah. <laughs> I'd forgotten all about that. That's terrible. <laughs> oh, Tom, don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. But no, he has sent us three questions, three of them here, which is usually a very good contributor. I appreciate that. Um, first off, he says, uh, you know, d- he's qualifying this. I'm not emulating things <laughs> on my phone. Sh- sure, you're not, Tom. Um, and an unrelated point, he says, what are some classics <laughs> that wouldn't suffer much from touch control? Krabby, can you think of any? Some classics, eh? Classic games that would not suffer much. On a tangent, while you're thinking about that, I want to mention that Final Fantasy V was just announced for iOS. I'm going to imagine Android as well. And they redid all the sprites, and it kind of doesn't look good at all. Uh, I was going to say, like, maybe an old JRPG, because you you don't need them to be as responsive. Uh Uh-huh. And and if you accidentally hit, like, magic, you can usually go back and pick your item or fight or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Would you think it'd be okay if they kept original graphics or? Oh heck yeah, those things are timeless. You don't you don't mess around with those sprites. I know, like how like Final Fantasy V looks fantastic, and they like you know, ugh, it's not very good. Ugh. Why I don't why I don't know. I don't know either. Kids these days, <laughs> right? I was thinking, um, how about um, some like old games that were like board game style games. 
You know what I mean? Like anticipation. Uh, anti- yeah, anticipation <laughs> would be perfect. <laughs> that was sadly not on the rare replay collection that just recently came out. Oh, can't play anticipation anymore. That was actually a really fun multiplayer game. Uh, you know, until you knew all the pictures. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you're playing with other people minutes. who haven't played before. Like, who sits down there and learns anticipation? Kids that get that for the rental for the weekend and they've got nothing else to do. <laughs> That's they true. play a lot of solo <laughs> anticipation. That's true. Ask me about Taboo when I rented that as a kid for the weekend. <laughs> they didn't warn you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, of course not. They're like, yeah, we'll take your money. Here you go. <laughs> that was a sad, sad weekend. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, you know, I'm trying to think of some that wouldn't be too shabby. Um, I can think of like strategy games. So could you imagine like, um, Nobunaga's Ambition or Genghis oh, Khan or I, those kind of games? I was at EB Games the other day and they mm-hmm. have a Nobunaga's Ambition for PS4. Whoa, really? Uh, yeah, I'm so pumped. I got to give that a try. I looked at the back and it looks amazing. Wow. I had, I had no idea. I recently just acquired a PS4. So maybe I'll, uh, check it out. I have to keep my eyeballs open once I am. Bloodborne out. What about a game like uh, Adventures of Lolo or Kickle Cubicle? You think that would work on a touchscreen? Yeah, those kind of work. I, especially Lolo, I think it works. You don't really have to move very quickly. It's more about thought. S- some of the later puzzles, you gotta you gotta beat the enemies before they respawn, so you can get past certain points. So there, there's a little bit of speed and control involved. But true, but they could modify the game where enemies. Like take a turn when you take a turn or something to slow it down. No, it's it's integral that they respawn because you need uh, to like have certain things running through the water at some points, and then when they respawn, you try and push them into the water. And oh. there's a lot of time based stuff. So maybe that yeah. wouldn't be as well, good as I thought. Well, maybe some of the levels. Maybe then you could do like a remix. Maybe like some new levels that are more touch appropriate. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Those are probably not great answers. Sorry. Sorry, Tom. Nothing is better on a touchscreen. How about that? That's true. How about the new Apple TV? Do you want to play the Wii all over again? (laughs) Did you see the announcement? No, I didn't. Yeah, it's basically like uh, uh, a Wii again. The remote, you can can move it and waggle it. Does it come built in with tennis, too? (laughs) Unfortunately, I don't think you get Wii Sports with it, but... uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't, uh, they don't, they I don't, don't get the point. They don't have a killer app bundled with it? No, I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. The last app, I mean, I'm, I'm going, I'll be Bill for a minute. I want to go on a side tangent for a minute. <laughs> uh, I used to be like pretty, I really was like into Apple in terms of like, I thought they were a company that was really on the right path and was doing a lot of amazing things. And I think during the 2000s, they were when Steve Jobs was really yeah. kind of at the helm and driving things. I mean, he's really a visionary. After he's died, man, I'm kind of really wondering where on earth these guys are going. So, I mean, they do make some good products, but some of the stuff they're coming out with, I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> they're making like a, a like $100 stylus for the, I don't know, what? Anyway. What does it do that makes it $100? I don't. Don't ask me. It's got Apple written on it. So there you go. So then you make it a $10 stylus instead of a 99 cent stylus. What's the other $90 for? Uh, I have no clue. Don't ask me. I didn't watch the announcement in detail. I just kind of saw the blurbs and went, oh, okay. So uh, moving on to Tom's questions. Um, Has the internet changed the fun of collecting for better or the worse? He says, like... It makes seeing something's really easy or expensive. I would say better in in almost every way. 
Really? Okay, so tell me why better. Because I've met amazing people like you and Bill and, and Sega Tom. I'll get to meet him soon. Yeah, that's true. Through the um, power of the internet. Do you, do you think it would have been possible for you to meet people like that without the internet? Um, not at such a distance. I might have been able to get some local guys going, but um, I, I don't know how we would have ever crossed paths um, or anyone in your area if uh, if we didn't have awesome forums and things like that. Highly unlikely. Highly yeah. unlikely. Um, if you want something, it's pretty much always available with very few exceptions too. That's, I think that's cool. You got to pay the price for it, but if you've got it's the pockets, if you want it, right? you, can, you can still dig through flea markets and garage sales if you don't have the pockets. You can, you definitely can. It hasn't gotten rid of that. Yeah. And it's definitely kind of made, um, some things possible, right? I mean, you know, flips. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's easy to flip things these days that you don't need to build your collection. Yeah. I mean, I, I I just bought that PS4. All that money came from flipping stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't pay anything for it. Uh, collection tracking. Nice and easy on RF Generation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what else is there? Podcasts? YouTube channels? Absolutely. Yeah. I would say a lot of these conventions probably wouldn't be able to survive without, yeah, they'd without be, the internet. Yeah, little small local things like in the bottom of a church instead of like convention centers. Yeah, because how yeah. would people – I mean, they probably – these conventions couldn't afford like airtime on TV or something, right? Yeah. yeah. Like a radio station. Uh, they probably, Yeah, they probably wouldn't grow. Um, there are those, some dark sides though, right? Yeah, it's, it's – well, I don't even think there's – give me your example. What do you think? What's the dark side? Okay, so – what about people that buy up a large uh, quantity of certain games in order to try to manipulate pricing? Um, they could do that anyway locally. It'd just be on a much smaller scale, obviously. Sure, but with shill bidders and stuff, it's a little easier these days with auction sites to pump up prices, right? Sure. Um, I don't... That is a bad thing. It sucks, but it's all entertainment products so it's not something a person would need if they were shill bidding up like food and clothing and gas and that stuff would would drive wait, wait, me wait, 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 wait. did you just say people don't need video games <laughs> they don't need the hundreds of dollars of video games there's still tons of video games for like 10 bucks or less wait, 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 wait. are you trying to say people don't need little samson well they need it but they can <laughs> they can get it for 10 bucks at the garage sale and five years of searching <laughs> Uh, that's true. It can happen, right? I mean, yeah. for example, today, right? I mean, I just at work, I just post on our bulletin board, you know, looking for old games and stuff. Lady, I'm I'm literally walking into my car. Lady just is in the parking lot. She goes, oh, hey, Chris. Hey, are you the guy that looks for games? Like, yeah, that's me. And she goes, come here. And she's literally got a box in her van that she's been hauling around to get a hold of me. So today, I like for cheap, I've got a Super Nintendo, a Dreamcast, a bunch of controllers, a bunch of games. I mean, yeah, it's nice. stuff like that. But I, there, I would I buy that stuff if I knew I couldn't, you know, flip it pretty easily? Right. Probably not, right? Probably wouldn't be worth very much. But I use an electronic bulletin board. Ooh. So there you go, right? But there's a few downsides. Not very – I think, like you said, it's really major upsides. Yeah, right? and I think the downsides are not as bad as some people make them out to be. No, because if you're looking, unless you're looking for extravagant stuff, I mean, I just think about this. You know, people complain about certain games being expensive, but you know, most of them are under, at least for like loose games. If you just want to play them, most of them are under their original retail price. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you can still go out and find tons of fantastic games, even for old systems, uh, way under what they originally retailed for. Even for relatively modern systems, you just wait a month and you're, you're not going to pay the 70 bucks or whatever it's retailing for. That's true. And you've got a lot more competition. Like before, you just were pretty much stuck paying retail. Now you can go online and shop for games from all sorts of places. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Okay, last one. What would you rather have in the bedroom? Wii U or Dreamcast? <laughs> Asking for a friend. <laughs> I don't know what way he's asking this question. <laughs> I'm sure he means like, you know, when he's tired and getting ready for bed, what should he play? <laughs> I'm sure not something it's not something weird or something. No? Uh Wii U. No contest. Wii U. Really? Over Dreamcast? Yeah. For the bedroom? Totally. Wireless controller, off screen play, and you can plug headphones into it. Um, and there's a ton of awesome games, but about as many for the Dreamcast, I'd say. Wait, 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 wait. Is there Daytona USA on the Wii? You? No, there's better racing games. Ah! There's Mario Kart 8, there's Sonic All-Stars Racing Transformed. So good. Can you play Crazy Taxi on the Wii? Um, I'd have to check the eShop. That might be a downloadable title. I'm not sure. Would it have that Offspring song in it? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> that one song that loops like the whole game. You're like, oh, this is awesome. And then an hour later, you're like, wow, I wish I could change the song. Can you play Shinmu on the Wii U? Would you want to? Oh, that's Crab Master. <laughs> How much Pachinko can you play? Crab, really? ma- not me. That's Crab <laughs> Master for all the complaints that will be coming in. I am so not hyped for Shinmu 3. You you did not throw in on the Kickstarter? Oh, heck no. <laughs> I, mean, no. I didn't either. I mean, I don't have anything against it per se, but uh, I played Shinmu. I tried. I tried like when it was relevant, too. It just didn't capture me. I I beat it back in the day. I you put know, like I'm, five or six hours in and went, whoa, what am I doing? I don't want to play this anymore. I'm going to play Resident Evil 2. I'm down with Ryo. We, you know, we can find some sailors. So, <laughs> you know, I got it. We, we got it. Um, no, but uh, yeah, I would have to go You know, in the bedroom. I mean, the only reason I would say this, quite honestly, I would have to go with the Wii U just because you can just have the tablet in your hands. I mean, you know, as you're in bed. That way, if you're significant. Other partner, friend, whoever happens to be next to you there, cat, you don't have to try to worry about, you know, waking them up. <laughs> so, yeah, I like you say, like, headphone jack, you got the thing there. But um, there's a lot of good games on Dreamcast. There is. Ooh! What, what? what if you had a broadband adapter on your Dreamcast <laughs> and Fantasy Star yeah, yeah. Online? Then you would get yourself to sleep within five minutes every night. Oh. It's perfect. If you have problems sleeping, then Dreamcast is the system for you. You have no soul. (laughs) No soul. Crab master. Just remember everybody. (laughs) Unfortunately, you just can't reach him on social media. Game Quest. Look up Game Quest. (laughs) Hate mail goes to... (laughs) All right. Thanks, Tom. As as a matter of fact, right while we are are recording this, Tom has sent... A, a tweet over it says my return to Dark Souls is nigh Dark Souls experts with one bell rung where shall I head next my question to him is going to be which bell don't know which bell you rang so that doesn't that doesn't help me any <laughs> let's move on shall we 
And up next, we've got at mailbag, at mail underscore bag, and it's M-A-I-L for you <laughs> folks that have other thoughts. What are some of your favorite sports games? He says, I like Super Dodgeball a lot, because there's an exclamation point at the end of it. <laughs> Super Dodgeball is pretty awesome. It is pretty good. Um, Super Spike V-Ball, I love. Really? Yeah. So okay. much fun. I've played so much of that game, it's ridiculous. That's pretty fun. All right, yeah. I'll give you that one. Um, did you ever play World Games on the NES? That's one of my favorites. Oh. And there's the... California games? I played California games. No, it's different. This one's like a, like kind of an Olympic-style competition. You go through a bunch of little quick um, games. There's like uh. a speed skating one where you like jump barrels. There's a weightlifting, a cliff diving, bull riding. It's really uh. fun. I've obviously it's on the shelf somewhere, but I can't say as I remember playing it. So I remember playing California games. You like hacky sack. Hacky sack was fun. The rest of the like game was frisbee, not fun. right? Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Um, so any other ones you can think of? Uh, NBA Jam. I play that all day. NBA Jam is a very good game. So good. Um, I played Blood Bowl with um with uh, Ray when I went down to Florida a few years back. <laughs> Blood Bowl. I had a really good time with that one. <laughs> it was fun. So it's like a good. You- Mutant League football? No, it's a turn-based strategy game. What? Take a turn moving a guy, like do his action, and then you stop, and then you move the rest of your team, and then the other team goes, and it's like a fantasy, like orcs and elves, like football game. Is that the the Master System game? Um, I don't think so. It was like I know it was an old miniatures game, like back in the eighties. I don't. Yeah, I think it's based off some other weird Master System sports game that I can't put my finger on right now. Hmm. How about Double Drivel? No. No? Blades of Steel is pretty fun. Blades of Steel. <laughs> yeah, uh, those are pretty yeah. good. Yeah, that's, uh, oh, did you ever play uh, Snoopy Silly Sports Spectacular? <laughs> <laughs> that one's really fun, too. I know. I remember you completed that one, right? Yeah. Well, I, 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 uh, I told my friend about that, and he goes, he's, he's cheated. There's no way to beat like a certain event. The uh, jumping over the river. <laughs> it's like impossible, yeah. He was like, I call a shenanigans. <laughs> I said, he said he beat it. That's all I know. You can go watch his video. I didn't get the, you can get a bronze, silver, and gold medal. I didn't get the gold medal because I couldn't jump the river. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe it really is impossible. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other ones that were really good. I know there's plenty more out there that we've got to be missing. Tecmo Super Bowl? Tecmo Bulls, yeah, that's, those are always pretty good. Pretty uh, I like Joe Montana, Sports Talk Football. I haven't played that one. That was pretty good. We used to play a lot of Sports Talk Football back in the day. Played quite a bit of Kings of the Beach on the NES as well, another volleyball one. Okay, all right. Oh, Super Dodgeball is pretty good. Yeah, NES World Cup Soccer. I played a lot of that one too. It's fun. Uh, I don't really like soccer very much. Mm-hmm. I Oh, I played a ton of Mario Golf and Mario Tennis too. Mario Golf is a good – I don't like golf, but Mario Golf is yeah. a fun version of golf, I guess, if you have to play it. Uh, yeah, Mario Tennis is not too bad. Wii Sports. Yeah. Wii Sports is fun. Put right? a lot of time into that, definitely. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm probably starting to peter out there. Um, Tony Hawk, does that count? I know you like Tony Hawk, <laughs> but uh, I don't – Skate or Die? Yeah. The skate Joust, joust mode. Die. Yes. That was pretty good. Yeah, so I guess we could probably name a few. TNC Surf Designs, not so good. No. Wood and Water Rage is not very good. (laughs) 
Let's move on to at Real Jeff Funstick. He asks, do you have your collections in a specific area of your respective homes, or are they mixed with the living room, bedroom, etc.? Do you just have a big jumble of games somewhere, or what do you got going on? <laughs> I used to have an awesome game room that, <laughs> that contained all of my game stuff. And I then imagine I, it's spilled out a little bit. No, no, no. Like I, I opened this store, and... I pulled a whole bunch of my shelving out to use in the store mm, and I've just mm -hmm. been slowly gathering shelving back. So I just have this huge room that looks like a hoarder room right now, just like stacks and boxes of game stuff. So it's basically all in there, but there's a little bit that spilled out. Um, like I've got a couple of pinball machines in the basement, a couple of arcades. Um, we've got the PS3 and the 360 upstairs hooked up to our living room TV. And then my wife just moved the Wii out to our bedroom so she could watch Netflix. Um, that's about it. It's mostly contained. A little bit of spillage. There you go. Um, I live in a smaller house with three children, so it is all kinds of wacky. Um, as Krabby will find out when he gets here, uh, I've got a lot of stuff packed up, so I have to, like, pack and unpack when I want to play certain things, just because, literally, there's no space. Uh, so if they're in tubs, I try to keep them all organized. Uh, pinball machine out there. So it's all kind of like in the front porch area. So speaking of that crab, if there's something particular you want to play, you might want to let me know in advance so I can pull it <laughs> and have it ready. Uh, not that you can't get to anything. I mean, it's not bad, but, um, you know, it's uh, not out and ready to go. All right. Uh, in the living room, that's where I have like the modern stuff. So PS3, 360, Xbox One, um, PS4, Wii, Wii U, those are all hooked up to the living room TV. Uh, and I have a little like bookcase that's um, in another little area close by there that has most of those games, so they're pretty handy uh, that I'm actually going to be you know digging through recently. Um, and then in a um, little back bedroom, that's where I've got my um, RGB monitor and uh, some of the old systems where I'm going to play on it. Um We've got a, an older bedroom back here that I use sometimes. It's kind of beat up, and that's a good place just to hang out. So uh, that's, I guess, it. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit everywhere. I wish I had space again. Uh, maybe, maybe someday. One day. My, Kids only live at home for so long. Uh, well, yeah, but I, I'm, you know, it's like twenty years. So <laughs> you, you could move up here. Your dollar's really good right now. You could sell your house, and with all that money, you could buy an amazing house up by me. Oh, there we go. You're going to give me a job? I will give you a job. I can do that. <laughs> it will not pay anywhere near what you're getting now, I'm sure. <laughs> but it'll be a job. It'll be a, a minimum wage Canadian job yeah. with free health care. You give free health care. <laughs> That'd almost be worth it in my family <laughs> right there. Free dental? Um, I'm actually looking into getting benefits for my employees. So we would have dental and optical and something else there i can't remember now when you're ready to branch out and need a district manager talk to me we'll, we'll right. talk we'll talk all right <laughs> uh i would like to hear from our listeners about that one about how they have their stuff organized now don't get me wrong i see some pictures that some of you have you post pictures on twitters and yeah you have like these awesome game rooms and shelves and uh i realize that i probably won't have that <laughs> but <laughs> that's awesome that you guys have that i would love to see it I would love to go to some of these houses and uh, and just hang out and play some games. So, um, all right, moving on. Duke zero six one nine. He is Duke from Retro Nonsense. They've got a little uh, 
series that he does on YouTube with him and his kids. I've mentioned him before, so you guys should really check out Retro Nonsense. He's funny, and his kids get in on the act, so it's very family-friendly gaming entertainment. And he's about my age, so he doesn't make me feel so old. So that's always a positive. Right? This is your age, and you're both named Duke. Interesting. <laughs> it's great minds think alike, right? Uh, he simply asked, Blades of Steel or Double Dribble? And so it goes back into our sports question again. Which I already one? answered this. I unintentionally uh, answered this. You did, right? Blades yeah. of Steel? Oh, absolutely. Over double dribble? Any day. Do you think that's just because you can get in fights? No, I'd rather play... I don't know. Basketball's just not really a thing up here. NBA Jam's the one exception to that. See, now I live in Indiana, which is like basketball mecca. I mean, you know, like the heart of basketball here. Um, so, uh, like every kid I knew had a copy of Double Dribble. That's just the way it was. And you can still find it here like there. You could tile your floor with Double Dribble. No problem. <laughs> uh, that and Silent Service, I think, is, uh, <laughs> for some reason, uh, Konami did well here. Uh, if I had to answer, like, which one I actually want to play, though, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be Blades of Steel pretty easily. Blades of Steel is a lot more fun. And you can get into fights. And you can get into fights. And you can do the shoot-off if you do it right, right? Oh, yeah. We always did that. We'd play the actual game until the third round and then our third period. Sorry, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we'd purposely tie at the end so that we could do the shootouts. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun game. It's pretty good. Pretty good. All right, let's move on to Facebook. But this moves a lot faster when we don't go off on weird tangents. <laughs> it's going to be like a 20-minute episode. I know. Like, what's what that all about? We'll have plenty of time to talk about the main topic. Uh, Brian Gelfond, he asked from Facebook, what is your guilty gaming pleasure? A game that is embarrassing to talk about normally because of content, how bad it is, or any other reason. He says, for example, if you really liked Barbie's Horse Adventure because you thought the gameplay and story were solid. I hate to break it to you, Barbie's Horse Adventure, neither of those two things. <laughs> <laughs> how would you know unless you've played it? Uh, no comment. No comment? Uh, no comment. Crabby, any guilty gaming pleasures? Uh, not really. Like, I'm pretty open to talk about whatever. Nothing I'm embarrassed about. Um, everybody that comes into Game Quest knows that I'm a big fan of Mary Kate and Ashley's Sweet 16 License to Drive. <laughs> <laughs> How could you not be? How could you not be? How could you not be? Yeah. You've beaten several child games for on the NES, right? I have colored all the dinosaurs. <laughs> A rainbow of colors, right? Yeah. Beat Barbie, beat the Sesame Streets, beat the Fisher Prices. Yeah. <laughs> You've been very open about your love of the guy game, I think, right? <laughs> it's so good. Such a best trivia game out there. You have memorized all the questions and answers, I'm sure. <laughs> of course. Laser Suit Larry, big in the laser now. <laughs> no, I haven't played that one. No, I don't blame you. Um, oh, guilty Pleasures. Um, you know, I would have to, there's some games that I've played that, um, are Japanese games that I wouldn't probably be proud of my children watching just because <laughs> the women are treated not so wonderfully. Criminal girls. Uh, I was thinking like specifically like dead or alive. Oh, <laughs> like did you the get other... the, did you get the sleepwear DLC? No, uh, <laughs> I was playing dead or alive five. There's a, like a. A trial kind of version, but it's not a trial. You just only get so many characters. That um, game is so good, too. It's, it yeah. is really good. <laughs> I was playing. I was kind of surprised. I mean, don't get me wrong. I played Dead or Alive before. I liked Dead or Alive. 
Uh, but yeah, it is a really good game. Yeah, we've been playing a lot of King of Fighters at the store over the last few weeks, and just recently, my son—he's—he's he's always watching what we play, and he's been asking questions about my lately. <laughs> <laughs> How old is he? <laughs> he is seven. Uh, it's soon, buddy. Yeah. Soon, he's jumping the gun. Yeah. Does he ask why is she heaving so? No, he—he's just like her boobs are bouncing everywhere. Why does she do that? <laughs> You should tell him to play some Dead or Alive for a few minutes, right? Yeah, pretty much. We, we like we hook it up on the TV, and when he picks the team too, he pick like he used to be, you know, pick the big muscly guys all the time because they were uh, cool. Yeah. And now his team on King of Fighters is like Athena, Mai, and <laughs> Yuri. Ah, <laughs> uh, coming of age story. One of these days about growing up in the game store and yeah. learning the birds and the bees from Dead or Alive beach <laughs> beach volleyball. His old team used to be, um, like, Goro, Ralph, and, like, Kyo. <laughs> uh, so how are you going to handle that when he wants to start uh, ogling the women in the game? Um, I don't know. We'll probably have to sit down and have a little chat. <laughs> not sure. <laughs> About how this is maybe a stereotypical representation of women that's maybe not fair or realistic. Or outdated. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, lots of stuff. It's Good though he's got a lot of friends at school that are girls, and he seems to treat them nicely. So that's we'll, good. That's you know, we'll I'll keep be, an eye on that. I'll be honest. I you know I've got three daughters. Uh, you know, and I do get a little concerned because, uh, like, every time a girl is in on like you know into gaming or something, like all these dudes come up with these terrible comments, like really yeah. horrible comments. <clears throat> and uh, I don't know. I don't know how the ladies that are into that do YouTube and. Other things like that, really, I mean, they must just put the blinders on because, yeah. uh, I mean, some things are really kind of disgusting and insulting, but I guess yeah. you get to leak content comments. Uh, we started doing ladies' nights at the store, and they, the first one went really well, so we're going to do another one. But yeah, we just kind of let them run half of the store, and my wife goes and hangs out, so I don't even have to be there. And cool. they can just, yeah, have fun and not be judged and not have to put up with any of our crap. Yeah, I mean, I get that because, I mean, like, you know, I, I've got... Maddie, she likes to play games, and I don't want her to get to an age where she feel like she can't do that because it's girls don't play a game, or you know, I don't want her to get ridiculed. I, there, you know. There's definitely a shift. Hopefully, by the time she's you know preteen, teenager, that um, that stigma's mostly gone. I hope so. I mean, it's it's much better than when I was young. I mean, you know, uh, women from our, our my age, if if I were to tell them that I play video games, they would think you're some loser that lives in your parents' basement, but times have changed, right? Times have changed a lot. Yeah. That's why I tell my wife, I said, you know, a lot of wives now play games with their husband. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't, no. doesn't, yeah. doesn't work. We still get the odd yeah, parent that comes in very condescending, and it's really nice to, to see that in the store, actually, because it gives us a chance to talk to them and ease some of their concerns and and find out exactly what their kid's playing because sometimes they they want their kid to have fun but they have no idea what kind of game their kid's getting so you can talk them through it and see if it's content they want at home and yeah and then if you're willing to spend time with them i think it slowly over time changes their opinion of what gamers are like and what the kid's doing and and like we've had a few parents that wouldn't come in with their kids at all and like the kids could they were like 15 16 they still could were only allowed to get like e-games mm-hmm. and after talking about them and showing them some of the games their kids wanted that they were okay with the content. Um, now they'll let their kid come and hang out and like play Smash Bros. all day or play Street Fighter or come to some of the other tournaments, Pokemon and stuff like that. Cool. Cool. 
Um, going back, uh, I'm trying to go back to the question though. Gaming guilty guilty pleasure. Besides, like things that are like that that are uh, honestly like a little misogynistic, which I even kind of feel weird playing those games because I know in my head I'm like this is not quite right, but um. But I, it's just a fun game. <laughs> I don't want to play it, so it's kind of it's kind of weird. And I, you know, it's the tough part. Is normally, if it was just me, I probably wouldn't care at all. But now that I've got kids and daughters, it's like, uh, you know, do I have to try to set the standard? Or I don't know. I probably I probably read way too much into it than I than I should. It's good that you're thinking about it at least, right? And not just uh, yeah, just get the blinders off and you know, don't care, right? Yeah, I don't want them to have like these terrible, you know, images of what women are. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want them to, right. to ever feel that that's okay to objectify, you know, people or, or whatever yeah. the case is. I, th- I think they're going to be looking more at how you like treat them, treat your wife than your, the media you consume. Yeah, I'm sure. But I mean, still, I mean, don't you have to like, if you're complicit in it, don't they kind of look and go, well, dad's okay with this, right? I mean, yeah, there's, yeah, I guess there's a risk there. Yeah, I would be interested, uh, you know, female listeners. I'm sure we have a few at least out there. What, what, uh, what you guys think about all of that? Uh, as far as other guilty gaming pleasures, I'm trying to think if there's anything that's bad. I mean, there's probably some terrible NES games that I play from time to time just because I had them as a child. You know, every once in a blue moon, I'll pop in Star Voyager, even though it's terrible. <laughs> the game is the worst. It's terrible. Out of the like. I can't remember the number now, like 320 or something NES games that I beat. Uh-huh. That would make my top 10, like, worst. Yeah, I imagine that I got that with my NES. That was one of my, Chris, like that and Rad Racer. And, of course, Super Rad Mario. Racer's awesome. Rad Racer was good. I played a lot of that. Star Voyager, oh, yeah. I tried a lot as a kid. So every once in a while, I pop it in just for the nostalgia and go, oh, yeah, this is crap. But uh, <laughs> I guess I guess that's it. Last question we've got coming here is Chris Roberts. He is from the NARC podcast. So those guys are fun. Go give them a listen. I think they're on a short hiatus. They're taking a break before they come back to it. Um, he, like you, is a big Turtles fan. He says, after years of playing TMNT Turtles in Time on normal, on the Super Nintendo, of course, I decided to play on hard. After beating it, I realized that I had been getting the bad ending since the 90s. Have you had any similar experience? Uh, Neil says, what are some of your favorite good or bad innings? Before we even get started, I want to point out to Krabby, right? Do you remember back to Tournament Fighters? <laughs> I was going to mention that, yeah. Yeah. Beat Tournament Fighters on the NES on normal thinking I was done. Uh-huh. And someone corrected me, so I had to go back and do it all over again <laughs> on hard to get the actual ending and a credit roll. Not, not exactly something I've been playing since the 90s, but similar. Oh, wait, did, did you? Um, we used to play Bobble Bobble all the time, and I didn't realize there was a second oh. ending in that until I was well into my 20s. Yeah, and that one's really hard to get. Yeah, you got to like get a very specific item on like level 98, and then you got to beat 20 bonus levels and then redo the whole game, including those 20 bonus levels in that secret uh, thing, and beat it on two players. Which basically means no, but I've, I've watched people try it. Um, I don't see if I've ever seen it. Oh, no? We can no. do it when I come over. I, I got lots of... <laughs> bubble bobbling under my I belt. I don't know if I want to devote that much time to bubble bobble, but Dude, uh, in like less than two hours. It's not bad. I don't know if I want to spend that. I, a lot more games. I think I'd rather play with you than maybe really? bubble, bubble bobble. All right, just just put it out there. I could play bubble bobble like all day, one day, if you want. 
<laughs> I'd never get bored of that game. I guess we could do that. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll have some bubble bobbling to do. <laughs> um, so, did you know that Turtles in Time had two endings? Uh, no, I only think I've only ever beaten that one on normal as well. So now you feel bad about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I do. Thanks, Chris Roberts. <laughs> Dang it. Um, uh, I didn't ending. I actually really like the game is awful, but the ending was really cool. What's that? Uh, Bill and Ted for the NES. <laughs> oh, no. uh, that's a terrible game. It is, but every other game you beat, no matter how much time you put into it, it's like, congratulations, like game over high score. Like you get very little, uh, uh-huh. that game, you get a rock concert really? after it. And it's like couple minutes long of them just like shredding on guitars and there's like people in a crowd throwing beach balls it's like a video you get treated to afterwards it's really cool wild stallions yeah uh, that's cool i did not know that i guess i could have watched your video but i uh, thought you watched all of them i'm not gonna watch hours <laughs> of bill and ted maybe just i should wa- just skip to the end yeah watch the last like two three minutes and you're, you're good you have like a hundred million hours of like basis loaded on your Ugh. channel yeah see so. that's the thing you spend like 30 hours in that game and it's like you won the pennant. You get one, <laughs> one picture and you're done. And it doesn't feel worth the effort. Push start. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, man, really good endings. Um, you know, I liked the ending to Bayou Billy, even though like it was such a pain in the butt to ever get it. How about the ending to Double Dragon? That's pretty cool. The Double Dragon ending is pretty cool. And that, that one's not too bad to get to. Uh, especially if you learn how to cheap out and power yourself up early. <laughs> no, I mean uh, not the NES one, the arcade one. Oh, yeah, we have to beat the tar out of your brother or yeah, the player. Yeah, to fight for the girl at the end. That's right. Marion. <laughs> yeah, we got to fight for each other. Uh, oh, and it's basically about the same thing at the end of Double Dragon 2, but you have like shadow selves that yeah. you have to kill in the arcade. God, talk about quarter munchers. Oh, my God. Those <laughs> shadow selves are such a ripoff. It's not even funny. <laughs> Final Fantasy IX, though, is probably my favorite ending. So, really? Yeah. Why? So good. Okay, there's, there's going to be a spoiler here if anyone's playing Final Fantasy IX. Spoiler alert. After you finish it, you like during the course of the game, you find out that Vivi has like a time on his life. He's going to expire shorter than a normal life should. The, the black mages are just made to be used, and then like they just give all their parts like fail kind of so he has this like he, he finds that out and so he writes this long letter that's like read during the like credit roll um about how much he enjoyed his time with everybody and how important it was and, it, and the whole time it's showing you little videos of what everybody's doing after the game and it was really touching i really enjoyed it well, there you go i remember the final fantasy 3 slash 6 ending was really cool for the time it was like really long very cinematic you kind of got a you know, this kind of wonderful wrap up and uh, the graphics were really cool about like the airship, you know, flying over the water and stuff. I always, yeah, I remember that one was really cool and the music was really good at the end of it. Um, obviously, I, these jump into my mind just because I've been on a tear recently, but I really do like the endings in the Dark Souls games. Um, oh, because yeah. Bloodborne. So good. I will, I will find out soon. I borrowed Bloodborne today, so... Nice. It's installed and ready to go. But uh, I like it. You know, at the end of them, you get a choice um, 
on all those games in terms of, you know, which way you want to go. And I, the one thing I really like about them as well is like, it's your character. You always see your character with whatever gear, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's not like some pre-rendered blah, blah, blah. It's you are, you know, finishing things up. And I like about those games because you're not some kind of grand hero. You know what I mean? You're just, you know, one. Uh, it doesn't make it like, oh, you are some chosen. I mean, they do say like chosen <laughs> dead, but I mean, you get the feeling that like whatever, they probably say that to all of them as they come by. <laughs> One of them's got to stick eventually. Yeah, you do kind of get that feeling after a while. You're like, yeah, okay. I think you're just buttering me up for something, but. Uh, you, ever, you ever play Lunar 2? Um, I played a touch of it back in the day, but I'll never beat it. Awesome ending in that one too. So you, you finish the game, you, you get your, your ending. And then there's an epilogue you play afterward that's like one to two hours where you... Do you mind a spoiler on this one too? Go for it. A spoiler right. alert, everybody. Spoiler alert. So you, you fight with this this girl that's come down from the moon the whole game. She's an important character of the story. And then at the end, after you've defeated the last boss that she came down to help you with, she gets sent back to the moon. And so you spend an epilogue trying to just get your main character to the moon to be with this girl again. Really? Yeah, it's really fun. And huh. it's it's something they didn't need to add, but they did, and it's it's really cool. Huh. How about um like I really liked Fantasy Stars 2 ending. Um at the at the end of Fantasy Star 2, okay, again, major spoiler alert. So skip ahead, you know, 30 seconds or something. Uh, but at the end of Fantasy Star 2, you basically find out that um the people that help kind of colonize and set this place up uh, are humans that are there and they've kind of set this computer system up and now they're here to control everything and basically take over. And so your your heroes are there to uh, fight off the horde of, of earthlings that have come to the system to take over. So uh, that's kind of cool. It's it like very cool. anime kind of graphics that you get to see at the end and everything so it's really right. cool if you ever played heavy rain or beyond two souls those ones were cool too like multiple endings so they feel like your endings when you're done too not like no obviously other people got that same ending but it just feels like special for you i like that i like it when yeah. it does feel like you have some agency or some ownership yeah. of of everything i just got until dawn in the store so i'm really pumped to try that one too okay Okay. I really, you know, for all the crud that some people want to give it, I, I'd love to, uh, you know, the Bioshock games and the endings on those. Hey, this didn't have as big an impact on me as I thought they would. Yeah, well, we'll just chalk that up to Canadianism, right? <laughs> Floyd liked them. <laughs> I just, I'm a kid, I kid. Uh, what about bad endings? Um, How, a winner like, is you? Yeah, I like the ones with the, the good English. Congratulations. Yeah, some of those, like, the Ghosts and Goblins ending, I put it on a cake we had at the store one time because it was so funny. I feel strength, welling. Welling, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I know, those were pretty, those were pretty good. The bad good. dudes. Congratulations, try again. Um, <laughs> oh, You've completed yeah, another dudes. great Bandai game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the bad dudes, like, Reagan's, like, want to grab a burger or dudes yeah. or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, good. Yeah, some of them were really pretty terrible back in the day. Um, 
Yeah, because so many of them in the NES days were just like the end or whatever. Game yeah. over. <laughs> or, yeah, or brought to you by Capcom, you know, or something like that. And you're like, oh, yeah, that really sucks. The Mega Man games always had great endings. I get bored through those, actually. If they didn't have the music running, I don't know. Yeah, it's just him, like, walking. They had music. They, I know. That's the only thing that saves it for me. I mean, like, the, the music's good. The rest of it's just boring. It's like when you beat Super Mario World 2, I don't want to see a credit roll with all the bad guys' names. Like, that takes forever. Yeah, I don't know the Super Mario games. Yeah, I could probably take or leave the endings. But, uh, yeah. Super Mario 2 ending was kind of cool because, you know, it's like, oh, he's asleep and it's a dream. Blew your mind back then, yeah. Kind of was like, oh, that's really – and the graphics were pretty cool. That was pretty good graphics back in the day. Ah, we could probably sit and reminisce all day about this stuff, but there's a lot of – I mean, just like a lot of really good endings. I mean, it's harder – I guess I've run into a lot of bad endings. I just maybe have blanked most of them out of my mind. I really – I was playing a lot of Arkham Knight last month, and – I think I built the ending up that it was going to be more in my mind, so I was a little disappointed by that one, too. Mm. I, I spent all the time doing, like, the Riddler trophies and getting the 100%, all the AR missions and stuff, and didn't feel worth the effort that I put into it. Well, it is Batman. Hey. Hey. <laughs> oh, have you seen... You have Netflix, right? I do. Have you seen Flashpoint Paradox? It's a Justice League movie. No, huh? You should watch it. Not uh-huh. around the girls. It's pretty violent and dark. It is so cool. Superman. Superman is in it. And yeah. he is a like 60 pound awkward, what? weird, like it's this whole different universe. So when, when he landed, he didn't land in Smallville. He landed okay. in Metropolis, like killing a whole bunch of people. And then the government took him underground into a bunker. So he's never seen the sun. Oh. So he is just weird and, and scrawny and like he's scared of everything, but he's still got these amazing powers when they get him out and he just doesn't know how to control them. How strange. And Batman, when his, when, uh, when his parents were supposed to be shot in the alley, Bruce got shot instead. And his dad becomes this weird, drunken, like, gun-toting Batman. <laughs> it's <What>? awesome. <laughs> it is so weird. Huh. Yeah, maybe we'll have to check that yeah. out. Yeah. Like, it's it's really dark. Like, um, you know who Shazam is? Yes. Um, at is one Shazam point... Captain Marvel? No. Or it's two different guys? It's different guys, yeah. Okay. Um, so Wonder Woman throws her lasso around Shazam. Gets him to tell her how to change him back into the kid. Uh-huh. And then when, when he, she changes him back, she picks him up and guts him. Oh, wow. It is, yeah. It's violent. Wow. But basically, isn't Shazam just like Captain Marvel? Um, He's like a Superman minus a few powers. And that's basically and, and more Shazam. Electricity. Right, yeah. Shazam is the electric. Because I remember there used to be an old cartoon about Shazam. But isn't Captain Marvel about like the same thing, just on the other like Marvel instead of DC? No, I want to say the the modern Captain Marvel's a girl. Oh well, see, and old, she's she's old. not like a kid who goes to big. She's just like a young adult, like old, early twenties kind of thing. Old Captain Marvel was a dude. So. Yeah, shows what. Yeah, I, I think there's been three or four of them. I think. All right. Um. I was going to say something. Oh, I was going to ask you, did you um, ever beat Demon Souls? Um, No, I didn't. The only one I've actually finished is Bloodborne. What? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Now we're going to have a problem. <laughs> no, we'll have a Bubble Bobble Bloodborne Day or Bubble Bobble Dark Souls Day when I come oh, down Oh, my goodness. What is wrong you, with you? You can finish Bubble Bobble and I'll finish Demon Souls and it'll be amazing. 
the end of Demon Souls was pretty cool. I'll just yeah. say that. I won't. I won't ruin anything for you then. Uh, I feel bad that you haven't played through either of those games. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You love you love Bloodborne. You can love something without finishing it. I've done that a lot of times. That just doesn't seem right. <laughs> just doesn't seem right. All right. Well, thanks everybody again for all the questions. We certainly appreciate that. You can always send those to us. Um, so on Twitter, we are at CollectorCast. On Facebook, just CollectorCast. You can also email us. Trevor, do you even know we had email? Um, what? <laughs> we, we have an email address. Do you know that? No, we don't. You're we making do. That up. Making that up. Podcast at collectorcast.com. Ooh, on it's, our own domain, too. It's for reals. <laughs> Speaking of domain, I have to re-up our domain so we don't lose it to the evil rival CollectorCast. <laughs> 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 Which does not exist. Uh, all right, so are we ready to move on to the main topic, Krabby? Let's do it. The Retro VGS. So um, before we kind of dig into this a little bit, um, for those that are maybe uh, not as much in the know about what this is, Krabby, you want to recap what on earth the Retro Re- VGS is? It is a proposed new system. Um, the guy who runs Game Gavel and does he does like a retro magazine too, I think, for gaming. He does. Um, he is backing it. He's pushing it. Um, he wants to build a new console that comes out next year sometime that will have new games on cartridges. And he wants to buy it licenses for old games to make sequels for them to put on cartridges and like no updates, no online connection. He wants it to kind of be somewhat classic, even though they're still deciding what exactly this thing's going to look like and do. <laughs> yeah, I think that does a good job of kind of summing it up. The reason we really wanted to bring this up is the Kickstarter for this goes live on September 14th. So by the time you're listening to this, the Kickstarter is going to be live. So you can definitely go check it out. Choose <laughs> Hopefully. If you would. Well, <laughs> it was supposed, yeah. supposed to be like two months ago and they postponed it. So That's true. I guess we'll it, maybe it won't be. But if it's not, just listen to this episode again later. <laughs> if, although probably it'll have changed by then. Uh, but supposedly, September 14th is when the Kickstarter is supposed to run. And uh, when we're recording this, it's September 10th. So four days away. And still there are some things kind of up in the air uh, already at this point, right? Yeah, that's why I'm kind of leery it's going to kickstart when they said it's going to right so um the story to some degree what is this uh mike kennedy right the guy that runs game gavel and all this yeah super awesome guy too oh yeah sure uh really nice guy um and he's um i think he's been on another podcast um retro gaming roundup i believe I think he's done four or five of them in the last couple of months, uh, talking about the VGS. Yeah, he's been doing the rounds. Um, and yeah, he does Retro Magazine, uh, Game Gavel, and he's uh, had like a, U- a YouTube series for a little while. 
where he just hit up flea markets and stuff. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, where he'd wear like the glasses and stuff, which was, was kind of yeah. fun to watch that. Uh, it was something like Game Hunter or something like that. Big yeah. Game Hunter. I think that's what it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That if was you it. wanted to go back and find it. But nice guy. Um, but he went out and he purchased the tooling for the Atari Jaguar, right? The shells. Yeah. So um, he could have this as a base, a platform to design a system around. Not just the shells, but the cartridge casings, too. Yeah, I think everything, but not the maybe the controller. They have, they have like the, right, right. the cart and the Would anybody the really want that, though? <laughs> that, that was one of the big, yeah downsides one of the yeah. many big downsides to the jaguar yeah that was probably not so hot that's for sure um having played on mine a little bit yeah i can agree that's not so hot and you've got a jag too now right i do i do thank you uh, well uh what uh what games have you been playing on the jag have you had any much time to mess with it no, i haven't put it on for a while um the last time i think i played like trevor mcfur <laughs> oh, trevor McFur. And, uh, bubsy oh and- no cannon fodder uh you didn't play tempest 2000 uh oh i did play a little bit of tempest 2000 as well i really liked it but the guy i was playing with wasn't into it so we didn't end up playing it for too long it's the only game we're playing on that system i think um cannon fodder seemed really fun too i wanted to put more time into that one okay i never played that one um trevor mcfur's not terrible right it's kind of terrible (laughs) i'm trying to be nice (laughs) it's kind it's a really bad shoot up (laughs) compared to some of the other games on that system it's not so bad uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so the thing looks like a Jaguar. Yep. Um, in so much that even when he first got the tooling, I think to earn some money or for this project that he did a run of clear plastic Jaguar console shells and sold them. Yep. So people could get one for their Jag. Do you, are you sad that you missed out? No, I don't like the clear ones where you can see the guts. That always bothers me. So you don't like the N64s with the translucent shell? No, my favorite N64 is the Pikachu one. Oh, you don't like that naked uh, Game uh, Boy that you can see no, right there? No, the Game Boy colors, like they're almost all like that. It drives me nuts. Like Play that. it loud, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, coming back then. Um, so yeah, the idea of, hey, in 2016, we're going to build a machine that only plays games on cartridges. I mean, before we get into, like, the details and the stuff, I mean, when you hear that idea, what what do you think right off the bat? That got me really excited, because when they, they announced it, they had the uh, the one game in development, the, uh, the Little Night Adventures, I think it was called? T- Tiny Night. I think of it Tiny Night. Tiny yeah. Night, yeah. Um, it's a pack-in, I think. Yeah, Gamester81, it's got, like, a team working on it. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it looks like a game I would play and spend money on, and it's new, and that got me really excited because there's all these cool indie retro games that keep coming out on the consoles that are like download only that I'm like, I'd probably play that, but I just don't want to throw any money onto a download game because there's so many physical games I can still get that are that I haven't tried yet. And so now there's a whole new option to get these things. That, that's got me really excited. Yeah, I mean, uh, from a collector standpoint, I think this could be. I mean, if the games are good, uh, could be a big thing. Um, I guess a lot of the question gets to be is is cost because if you remember, um, I mean, we're both old enough to remember Super Nintendo and N sixty four cartridges being really expensive when they when they came out, right? Oh yeah, 
I mean, you would, I mean, games like Fantasy Star 4 would be $90 <laughs> at retail or like Chrono Trigger. Well, it was like 80 or something, wasn't it? It was pretty expensive. Yeah. yeah I, one of the first games that I saved up my own money and bought was Kirby's Dream Course. And I think I spent like 70 bucks on it. That sounds about right because that was the big selling point. Like for PlayStation was like, Hey, $40. You can buy a game, right? <laughs> you weren't buying the right games then. <laughs> I, I'm positive I spent 120 on that Lunar 2 back in the day. Well, that was a different. It still monster. hasn't got back to that retail price I spent on it. <laughs> I did buy that Lunar collection, yeah, on PlayStation. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, the idea of this day of like anything being media, I mean, being something like, you know, either A, having anything physical at all, because everything seems to be going download. Or be not optical seems kind of a little ludicrous from a cost standpoint. Um, I think they might like re- records are having a big comeback. Like there's reprints like coming out all the time. You go to like London Drugs up here, and Mike was just telling me he's like, you need to go to London Drugs. They've reissued like all these Iron Maiden records that are there right now. Um, that's really cool. I'm I'm excited. I hope cartridges can come back in that kind of way too. So when we're talking about cartridges, though, obviously we have to get back to capacity and like what, you know, because it's not cheap to buy capacity. And he, he's talked a couple times on record about the prices and he might be shooting for the moon, but he said like 20 to $40 is the expected price of most games right now. And they've you, got some big RPGs like uh, Pure Solar they announced that's going to be on cart and he's saying it's like the $40 range. You can't get NES homebrew carts that cheap. I wow. know. I, I'm not sure what really they're doing different. It? Do you really believe it? He said it, so I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people say all sorts of things. He does. He does. The cost of the console has been creeping up too, so we'll, we'll see if the carts follow. Yeah, we're definitely going to dig into some of that a little bit because there's you know upsides and there's downsides to this story. That uh, That's best case scenario. That's what we mentioned. Realistically, if they're putting out cartridge games that i'm interested in i'm okay with 8200 bucks on them okay so if you get a nice i get a nice box i got a manual i got a cart i can jam in that machine i'm happy i i will buy sequels to old games and, and new stuff for for that price okay all right so let's say that they can manage that that's uh I'm sure. Do you worry about kind of how these carts are configured? Because I know there's been a lot of talk about how they're going to store the data on the carts. And I don't even think that's at least at this point in time, maybe they'll talk about it in the Kickstarter. That's not even been nailed down. I've never been a tech guy. So I just assume they will iron out those problems for me (laughs) during their development. And I will be happy with the end result. I really have can't comment much on it. You are a glasses half full kind of guy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, traditional cartridges use mask ROMs, which are expensive to produce. And these days, um, not a lot of people are even making those kind of things anymore. Uh, so that would be, I think, difficult. Alternatively, you could use something like flash memory, but those things just don't hold up very well over time. They're not rated to last. Right. They're for good for any, what, like five to 10 years kind of thing? Something like that. Would be yeah. anybody willing? I mean, if I told you, Krabby, all right, here you go. Here's, you know, Shovel Knight on cart, but it's going to be dead in five years. So, yeah, that wouldn't be appealing. But if, yeah, 
if they can iron that longevity thing out, I'm I'm up for it. Okay, and I think that's what they've said. They they're not happy with a solution that's yeah. only going to last it's, that long either. Yeah, Mike Kennedy's gone on record a few times with it, saying like, "I want you to be able to play these in twenty to thirty years." So sure. yeah, if they come up with a five to ten year solution, I don't think he'd be happy putting that out to market. But let's be honest, I want a lot of things. <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't that's mean I can true. I can do it. Right? That's very uh, true. Or I can do it economically. Uh, that's the challenge. Cause, yeah, because I think he was saying they need around 7,000 backers to reach their minimum goal for the Kickstarter to make it a, a go. Okay. Um, I don't think that's unrealistic. So let me lay out a scenario, and we'll come back to this, because at this point in time, you know, we're four days from the supposed start. We do not know a price point on this thing. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you think there's going to be two different models, two different price points? That's what I'm kind of feeling okay. right now. Well, let's talk Let's talk the hardware. Let's talk the hardware there for a minute, okay? So they obviously, they have a frequently asked questions on their website, so... Um, I'm just going to go through a little bit. I'm not going to read any of this because that would be boring. You can go read it yourself. And by then, the Kickstarter will be out anyway. Uh, so the system itself uses um, a an FPGA system, which is basically like a processor that can be reprogrammed on the fly to operate in different ways. So you could make it run like an NES or make it run like a Genesis or make it run like whatever you want, right? So every cartridge game could conceivably use something different. Okay. The reality is probably not there because you would have to develop your own programming to do all of this. So that would be very expensive to design, you know, an architecture and then implement that on an FPGA. Uh, without any sort of like middleware, you know, like most games these days, you you those, just buy an those engine. kind of architectures don't exist already that are like open source. Um, I don't know if there's anything like that for gaming. Uh, I know that some of them are used for things like emulation. Right. Um, I, I I don't know of any middleware that's out there, and who knows? I guess if this thing was really successful, maybe they would somebody would make some middleware. Uh, you know, maybe somebody make a Unity or something that would work. Do, do you think if a team like, what is, is it called, Watermelon Studios that did Pure Solar? Yeah, it's Watermelon. Uh -huh. Do you think if they spent the time and effort to port this to the Retro VGS, that the Retro VGS crew would say, hey, can we buy the software that you developed to make this port this game over to send out license it to other companies? Do you think th that's a possibility? I think it's possible, but I think what's probably more a reality is that for the pure solar people, they can say, well, we're not going to do that. We're going to produce an emulation core for this FPGA that just emulates the Genesis, and we already have all the code that runs on that. Right. So we're not going to write a new engine. We're just going to use an emulator for Genesis hardware. Okay. Is that – okay, they built that game without this system in mind, obviously. Certainly. So if a different company, if they were building it specifically for the retro VGS, would they have to build their own tools then like that? Or license something. Um, they well, would have to have some, some yeah, kind of some, code base. Someone would have to do it first, and then, yes, they could hopefully pick it up and license it. So that company that put in the first effort could hopefully make some money back from that effort they put in. They might not sell as many copies of the game to make money, but they could license their... Uh, their software out? 
But let's be let's be realistic just for a minute, because this is a discussion. I'm not trying to bash the system, but if you're saying they have to sell seven thousand to be successful in their Kickstarter, they sell seven thousand consoles. Yeah. Xbox One in Japan is seen as a dismal failure. I guarantee it's most sold way more than seven thousand units. Yeah. Over there. Yeah, I think what was it? The three sixty was like two million or something like that. Right. So if you're coming to me and you're saying Chris, so we would like you to develop software on our platform. I say, great. How many potential copies can I sell? 7,000. If you that, sell one to every yeah, single that, person that bought one. Nothing's going to have 100% attach rate. You'd probably, what, shoot for like a 15% attach rate? Probably. 15, 20% if it's a decent game, I would imagine. It'd depend how many other games you got to compete with and stuff. Sure. Early yeah. on, maybe the competition isn't as much. Um, so maybe you get 30, 40% attach rate if it's great. Um, right. Like a Mario game with a Wii or something. But still, I mean, now you're only selling two, 3,000 copies of a game. And how much does it cost to produce a game? The, I think the attach rate is probably going to be higher than typical just because you're not going to have a ton of big third-party support and things. You're going to have a handful. Like you can probably count them on two hands coming out each year kind of thing. Right, but can can it maintain commercial viability if that's the case? I don't know. Because the it's... company that creates the hardware has to stay in business, right? Yeah. Um so I mean I think there's a lot of there's a lot of real challenge here um to the economic model for making this work. Uh, now, of course, I'm sure they say, well, you know, that's our minimum. Of course, we would love to do much more than that. And the, and the Kickstarter will tell. Maybe, who knows? Maybe there's tons of people that are lining up to buy this thing. Um, I don't know. Krabby, are you lining? Are you like ready to throw in on the Kickstarter on day one? So far, yeah. I haven't seen anything that would turn me off yet. So if they come to you and say, Krabby, it's four ninety nine for the game and the system. Is that Canadian? No, that's U.S. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Um, right now, yes. Right now, yes. Okay. All right. What's the breaking point? What's the price point by which you go, I can't do this? <laughs> it's not normal for me. Like It would be for other people. I know. I've, I've I'm spent just, a I'm lot saying, on you, consoles. You are definitely the niche that they really want, right? You are the target audience. So right. let's see where your breaking point is. If I can get it. And have enough to buy, say, three games, and I've spent $1,000 or less, I think I'm in. Is that U.S. or Canadian? That is Canadian. Canadian. Okay, so that's probably, what, like so $800 about, dollars U.S.? Yeah, 750 to 800 U.S. right now. At the moment, probably, you know, 3000 by next month or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just get you to import me one. We'll smuggle it through to Floyd. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to be the retro VGS smuggler. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can just exchange our living places. So when I need healthcare, I'll take your house. You come down here and make <laughs> money, and then we'll just switch, right? How's that? Here, Here's my, my hope with that, too, is that um, – oh, I totally lost my train of thought. Carry on. It'll come back to me. Okay. All right. So um, we talked about the FPGA, uh, which is reprogrammable. So it could be all sorts of different things. And it also has another processor as well. So, you know, it could, you know, I don't know if it'll be used extensively for co-processing or what. Uh, they don't exactly lay all of that out. 
Um, let's talk about the system itself and ports. <clears throat> as far as controllers go, there are two USB in the front, and that will be used for the controllers that come with the system. And have you seen the pictures of the controllers? Yeah, they're slightly modified versions of the uh, the they were the Hori um, Pro controllers for the Wii. Something like that. Um, I don't know if it was Hori, but it was some third-party manufacturer. Yeah. Um, and they're going to be wired, of course. Mm-hmm. And they're also going to include two DB9 ports in the front, which are like the Sega Genesis Atari-style plugs, right? So you can plug in a Genesis controller or something. Right. That's, that'll be interesting, right? Because those controllers don't have enough buttons. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, it depends, like, there's going to be a variety of different games on it. I'm sure someone will put some stuff out that just needs the old Atari stick, one button. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's entirely possible. And this thing won't have, like, an OS, so it's not, like, going to be, like, when you turn your PlayStation on and you have to launch a game. It's just, it's going to be, like, the old Papa cartridge in, and that's what plays, period, yeah. right? And, and they've said you can plug in pretty much anything that uses a USB to it. That's good. That's good. Um, now, on the back, this is the thing that impresses me and also makes me worry a little bit about cost, <laughs> is everything that's in the back on this thing, which is awesome. Don't get me wrong. This is where I got to give it props. So, in the back, there is composite video out. So, composite right, right, video, yeah. left and right. It has S-Video. It has a a port that can do RGB and component video. It has HDMI. <laughs> it has optical audio out and two USB ports in the back. One of them, which I understand can be used a lot like a link port for another system for head-to-head play. That's cool. What do v- you think about all the options? VGS LAN party? <laughs> right well i mean like the old like you could hook up uh like jaguars they had like the little thing you could hook them up with to play terrible <laughs> terrible games <laughs> what do you think about all the options there um it does seem like too much right you could, you could probably cut out the cost by dropping two of those easily i would yeah definitely <laughs> or even if you just went straight with just hdmi right yeah, just HDMI and composite, right? And then you're hitting both target audiences. Yeah. The issue gets to be then is do all the cartridges have to support multiple resolutions? Because obviously if you're using composite, S-video, or RGB, everything has to be 480i, right? Maybe it'll be like, uh, you remember when you bought Dreamcast games? It'd say on the back of the box, like, this is a VGA-compatible game. Maybe uh, you'll have, yeah. on the back of the box, it'll say, you can play this game in composite and HDMI. Maybe. The end. Maybe, right? Yeah, that could be an option. But what would you do if you bought, like, oh, yes, I'm so excited to get Shovel Knight home, and you plug it in, and you go, oh, it doesn't work with composite. I can't I play this game. I think the majority of people that are going to be buying this, at least in the first year, uh-huh. are going to be savvy enough to figure those kind of things out in advance. Okay. I think that's more of a down-the-road problem. All right. If it ever picks up any sort of like actual consumer base, then then you'll have those kind of issues. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. So um, do you think, I mean, does the old style of video output excite you? 
Or do you think like, eh, I could really leave Heck it? Heck yeah. No, if I'm playing some very retro style game, I've got a big CRT for my game room. That's what I want to play it on. So if you buy a retro VGS, how are you going to hook it up? Like S-Video or? No, it'll probably be just uh, composite. <laughs> You're going to use crummy composite. Crummy composite. Okay. Or as um, I like to call it, superior coaxial. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> beats RF any day. Um, Someone actually brought in a uh, HD CRT to the store the other day to donate. So I'm very excited to give that a test run. I've got one I'm staring at right in front of me. So oh, lucky deck. I don't use it anymore. Uh, it weighs six <laughs> million pounds. So I'm taking t- taking it in the overhead on the plane is what I'm hearing. You, if you want to die, <laughs> if if this plane rattles at all, it will crush your skull. Uh, I'll show it to you if you want it's, when you get here. It's worth the risk. It's probably three hundred pounds. Yeah, the thing. I feel bad because uh, a friend of mine helped transport it. And he threw it in the back of his BMW, and it tore up the upholstery <laughs> in the back of his car. Uh, Why would you do that? I don't know. Uh, I'll keep this tube around, though, just because it's a, it's very unique. <laughs> very unique. Um, okay, so I was thinking about that. I think, you know, honestly, since I have the setup, I would probably really like to do RGB out to my tube if I had this. Uh, that would appeal to me. But uh, let's get back again. And we're probably, don't you think, pro- uh, what price point would you really expect this to come out at? We we talked about my upper limit. Like, what's what's your max on this thing? Uh, my max is gone. This is, they've already it's, passed. It's what? already passed it. What was yours, like 200? Yeah, 199. Yeah. That, yeah, that was his original, like, shoot for the moon price, I think. I don't, I don't see it ever hitting that. No. Well, I mean, not I, initially. If it does well enough, maybe down the road kind of thing. Right, because initially when he announced this, it was basically just going to be something like a Neo Geo-ish kind of console, right? Something that was just a powerful retro-style hardware. Yeah, that, I don't know. I would have been satisfied with that. I think they might be adding too much. I think that's it. I think the scope has maybe spun out of control a little bit. They didn't really get a good job of of saying, this is exactly what we want to make and let's build it. They kind of like, well, what about this? Well, what about this? Well, we'd love to have that. Well, that's great because you'd never end, right? Or you just, or it's just so expensive, you end up with a 3DO, right? <laughs> I mean, nobody bought the 3DO when it came out. Everybody went like, that's cool, but it's $700 in like 1994. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So nobody bought it. Of course, it was a, a horrible flop. Although I, get, I, bet, I bet it sold a lot more than 7,000 units. True. Very true. So, um, again, I'm not trying to beat this up. I love retro games. I love cartridge. I'm just trying to take a, a balanced approach to this, right? It Like, you would be a prime candidate for this. So if they I can't get you into their, into their target audience, yeah, then there's something definitely wrong there. I should be, I think, a very huge target. Um, but I think they've and gone I, a I different think, direction. I think, like, especially running Game Gavel, he's got to know that collectors are, uh, for the most part, very frugal. They got to keep it as low as they can. You have to be, or you would, you'd have to have another job to support your hobby. Yeah. I mean, that's it. I Do I have expensive games and stuff that I get sometimes? Yeah, but I can guarantee I almost always get a fantastic deal. Or I flip enough stuff to yeah, pay for you, it. Yeah, you work your butt off to flip things to, to get the big game. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I'm, you know, like with, 
like the last game I need for NES. I mean, I guess I could have not bought a PlayStation 4, but I really wanted it. So <laughs> you need that Bloodborne. That's worth the price. I do. Of. I do really. And that game will still be there someday. Oh, but yeah. yeah, I got to hustle my butt off to get that because I can't take that out of my family money. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if they want to sell me this retro VGS, they have to make it what I think is an attractive price point because it's not a classic console. It's not something I could look at and go, if worse comes to worse, it'll probably be worth a little bit more and I can flip it. Right. Okay. One of his scenarios though, that he, or like he's, he said a lot of things. I don't know how many are pipe dreams and how many he's actually gotten the works, but he's specifically said in one of the podcasts I was listening to that he hopes to buy up old licenses that haven't been used for a while and make sequels. So if you heard he bought the license for fantasy star, which he said he's, that's one he's going for and, you know, gave that to a relatively well-known developer and said, Hey, we need fantasy star five. Would that get you more interested if it had specific games you wanted? Yes and no. Would, would it increase the amount you'd be willing to pay for the machine? No, 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 because I don't want a 2015 version of Fantasy Star 5. I want like a 1632-bit version of Fantasy Star 5. Do you know what I mean? I don't need kind of. I don't need a $500 console version. Um, I don't see why I need a console that costs that much. I mean, I can go buy a PlayStation 4 and an Xbox One for that same price, and I can see what they can do. Do you know what I mean? Right. And they can run those kind of games, mostly download, but they can already do that. I already have a machine that will do that. If I want to play Shovel Knight, I already can do that. You know? So you got to sell me on why, what what makes yours unique? And I get it. Yeah, we can get this license. And that would attract me more. But um, am I going to spend $500 for a console that can play Fantasy Star 5? Ugh! You know what I mean? I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt it. Maybe. Uh, but man, I'd really, honestly, I'd have to get to the point where I would really have to take an extreme wait and see approach and wait until the, the game came out and got reviewed. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm assuming you've heard this. It sounds like an awesome game. It sounds like just what you wanted. Does that increase your appeal for the overall package then? It does. But unfortunately for them, it makes me take a wait and see approach. Right. If they could say, "Hey, Chris, one ninety nine," then we you don't take know. A ch- you take a chance on it, right? At it that may price, not go but anywhere, but it's only one ninety nine. That makes sense. I would say, okay, I can swing ninety nine, even if it's a terrible failure. You know what I mean? That sounds smart. But if they say, "Well, Chris, it's four hundred dollars, and we have no clue this thing may flop horribly," right? What do you think? Uh, that's you've gone past that point where I can just go, yeah, I can afford to lose that. You know what I mean? This is one of those things where I feel like if not enough people jump on it early, it's destined to, to flop, obviously. Yeah. So I'm willing to take that risk even for a higher price point for less games at the start. I'll do the early adopter thing to try and get it up and running and, and get to the point there I, I really, really want it. And I... I get that, and I've thrown in on some other Kickstarters for that exact same reason. Um, none of them have been this price point, though. Right. Right, and because quite honestly, through Kickstarter, th- the possibility is remote, but it's there where you could just go, eh, sorry, guys, it's just not coming together. We're going to keep your money. Does it happen often? I've, I've only done a couple of Kickstarters, and they've been fine so far. 
it happens. Does it happen a lot? No, not necessarily, but it does happen, and there's no recourse that you have. Right. You're just sorry. You know, that's you are not pre-ordering something, and you don't get a guarantee. You are betting on <laughs> them coming through with what they say. Uh, and they, he has a lot of big names behind him. So I, I'm not trying to cast aspersions. I don't think he would ever intend. I think he's a reputable person. Um, I'm just saying you are taking a risk with your money. Yeah. Um, and to me, the amount I have to put in definitely changes how much I'm willing, how good I feel about the risk. As it should. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so originally, yeah, we had talked, you know, it, it, when they first talked about this, the idea that I understood it, and I don't know about you, but was to really say, hey, we want to make basically a modern retro console. Yeah. That runs off cartridge. Something that would be akin to maybe a, a Genesis or a Super Nintendo or a Neo Geo, but probably, you know, a little bit more powerful these days, but uh, still yeah. the same style of thing, right? Yeah. That's exactly what I understood. Yeah, right. When I first heard about it too. And from there, it seems to have keeps growing and transforming and well, maybe what about this? Well, maybe what about that? Yeah, yeah. Now they're talking about doing like early PlayStation style games on it and things, right? Uh, even and I saw that I have not been able to find the post again, but I did read this from their official stuff that they had announced cartridge adapters to play old like NES, Super Nintendo games on the system, which is like, okay, now are you a retron? Yeah, that seems unnecessary. And to me, almost kind of. Because to me, it makes me think, you guys don't really know what you want this to be. And now you want me to invest they, my money? They pulled the thing about the adapters, though? You can't find that anymore? I tried to look earlier today, and I could not find that. I was pretty sure I saw it on their Facebook account. And they have a post on their Facebook account that says, we've cleaned up a lot of posts prior to the Kickstarter to, to avoid confusion. <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe they just realized, like, that's probably not a great idea at least this point let's scrap it for now and check back with it later kind of thing i get it but that also makes me wonder like who's running the show you know what I mean? <laughs> is this a hydra are there several people <laughs> you know what Cut i mean off the head of mike kennedy and 10 more mike kennedys will take his place i i'm just saying i mean who's speaking here do you know what i mean who is this is the same person that's speaking on Facebook that says we've shaved it down, the same person that put it up originally. Right. And it's not clear. It's And it's because, again, this is a startup. They don't have a nice PR person <laughs> running the show. <laughs> As you can tell, if you've been following the stuff, a lot of it's not probably very well crafted. Yeah. Uh, I've still been waiting. I've only asked one question on there. And what was that? I've seen I've seen everyone else's get answered, but I'm still waiting for mine. What's that? Um, I want to know if I can stock this in my store. Oh, okay. All right. I want I want to sell this thing. Yeah, because you're a retailer. I'm a retailer, so I want to get a whole bunch of these and push this thing and get people playing it and buying it so that it it's not just me buying my one. It's I can sell maybe a couple dozen or something in town and get the ball rolling a little bit. Well, I mean, I would say then, what's to stop you from doing that through the Kickstarter? I, then I gotta beef it over retail is is the only difference, and with our dollar bad right now, like it's not gonna be an easy sell. If I have to buy it for four hundred bucks retail, 
400 us and and retail it in my store for like 600 to make like 20 bucks on it or something it's it's gonna be a hard sell so let me put this out there then because you're a retailer you want to sell games and make money and you want to please your customers how many of these would have to sell how many systems of these would have to sell locally for you to seriously think about keeping the games in stock hmm that's a tough question is it five? Is it 10? Is it 20? I'm trying to think what I could realistically sell. Cause we're not a big place. Like I think 50 would be a long shot. I think maybe half that is what I probably could sell over, over maybe six months to a year, 25. Okay, so you're saying I, you feel would feel somewhat comfortable with maybe selling through 25 consoles over a year. Yeah. Over a year. How many other consoles do you sell? More than that. <laughs> <laughs> if if you had a giant stack of Super Nintendos, how many Super Nintendos could you move in a day? Uh, probably one to three in a day. In a day. In a day. <laughs> so uh, how long would it take you to sell 25 Super Nintendos? Nowhere near a year. No, right? two to three months probably. Okay, nowhere near a year. Nowhere near. And yeah, it's it's a new thing. It's not going to be highly marketed. Kids aren't going to run out and get it because their friends got it. It's a really small niche that I'll be targeting. And I, I can see the 25 people in my mind that I would be saying, hey, come try this. I bought one. Play it. You need to get this. It wouldn't be like just selling it to someone on a whim kind of thing. Be very targeted sales. So do you think... Think, I mean, have have any of your customers come in and like asked you about this? No, but I have told a few customers, and I I think like day one I could sell five easy. It would be beyond that five would be me trying to. I'd have to push it. It wouldn't it wouldn't be something I could throw on the sell, shelf and just expect it to sell. I would have to demo it and show people why I think it's awesome, why they need to buy it, kind of thing. It'd be more work than your typical sale. And is there an incentive for you to do that? There is just to me personally, because that means I can keep stocking the games and I can keep buying them for myself. <laughs> well, <laughs> and people this, will this trade, is, trade them in, right? This you get is them not cheaper. a good business thing. This is a collector thing. <laughs> okay. That, no, hey, you know, that's the name of the show. No, I totally get it. Um, and that's what I think to some degree, too. Um, I would really want to lay my hands on this thing and play it before I would be wanting yeah. to shell out the cash. You're the guy that I would, you'd come in the store and I'd say, hey, Chris, Fantasy Star 5 is out. I've got an open copy. I got the machine hooked up. Go sit down with it for half an hour and let me know what you think. Exactly. Yeah. It wouldn't be like, hey, Chris, we got this new retro VGS. Give me your $400. I know you need <laughs> right. this. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, wait a minute. How many Bloodborne CEs does that buy? <laughs> <laughs> Five. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so yeah, no, I get it. Um, that's it. I mean, I've, I I kind of have my feet in both sides, right? I mean, I definitely am a, a big video game collector, and I enjoy that. I would love to have more carts, um, but this is so so unsure. At least it feels like it prior to the Kickstarter. Now, maybe when the Kickstarter comes out, some of these things will go away, and it'll be firm. You know, business plan right. for this thing. We don't know. Uh, but it's a lot to consider when you're asking people to shell out a considerable sum of money. And I'm going to guess that they'll be quite expensive, uh, more than probably the traditional retail model that will come out later, simply because they're going to have very special 
plastic shells just for the <laughs> Kickstarter. When they right? showed the first four, were really cool. I thought they had like the Mario colored one and the Sonic one and Pac Man. Uh-huh. And I was like, and they were around the two hundred dollar price point at that time. So I was like, hey, I could get all four of these. I might get all four of these, and then they showed the the like ruby or the crystal one, or all the translucent. They showed some other one, and I'm like, okay, I'll just get one. I don't need four anymore. I, when I thought I could get all of them, I was like, hey, I'll do that. But now it's like there's just too many. I'll just get one. Now let me say though that um, do you think the N64 kids are going to see these translucent shells and go like, wow, that takes me back. That's awesome. Uh, there might be a couple. Yeah, I could see one in town doing that. He's okay. like. The the one guy though, like he's he's like you, like he he would be on the fence waiting. Like, where's those games that I need and I know they're good? I'm not gonna risk it. I'm, yeah, because yeah. I mean, uh, oh, and I want to ask too. Did you see the Ninja Turtle colored? I did. Retro yeah. VGS. I think I like the Pac Man one the best. You like the Pac Man? Yeah. Okay. Huh? Yellow is my favorite color, so that one really jumped out at me. Okay. So not not yeah. enough yellow consoles. I, I re- this is well. The way if you wait around, you look at some Super Nintendos. But. <laughs> I don't know if I call that yellow. It's more brown. <laughs> the but there's a. I just found out not too long ago. There's a yellow fat PS2 that came out in Europe. Some kind of really? like Ferrari themed racing bundle. Huh. It seems like it's really hard to find. I might have to shell out a lot of money for it, but I might actually import one because they look amazing. But you don't have anything to play PAL games on. Um, I'll figure that out. I got. Yeah, I got some options here. You, yeah, you have to take a, a an RGB monitor home or something. Yeah, that's not hard. There you go. Uh, okay, so yeah, the uh, speaking of that, right? So the Kickstarter they started out by saying, "Yeah, we're gonna have a few exclusive colors," and now they have like t- t- tons of. I think exclusive they colors. like eight or nine now. Yeah, there's too many. More than that, there's gold, silver, bronze. Yeah, there's um, the two gem ones, so that's five. And then there's the four original color ones. It's nine, right? Am I missing any? No, there is like seven or so of those translucent ones now. Oh, they did more? All right. I only there's thought there like was two. Green, red, blue. I mean, yeah, there's clear, purple. I mean, there's a, all sorts of different ones they're saying now. Pink. And they're saying, like, once these are out of the Kickstarter, never again kind of thing. They're trying to, That's what they're saying. Trying to make uh, you very... Oh, did they announce Shantae on it now? I see all these screenshots on their website. No. They were but talking... They, I think they said, wouldn't it be great if... I know, but now they got these, like, prototype um, cartridges with the label on them on the site. Re- read the plug. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it says, wouldn't it be great if... Yeah, that was, like, two weeks ago, though, so I thought maybe there was a new... New update. I think the idea is go bug the publisher so they will release it on our system. Hey, if, if WayForward is putting stuff out on here, I'm in. That, They're I, not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they have announced zero publishers. Uh, they've said a lot that, hey, we've got a lot of interest. Like we've been talking to a lot of people, but I don't think besides Tiny Knight... It says, WayForward is excited about the potential of our new cartridge-based console and to taking a wait-and-see approach. Which means nothing. That is a good-looking Shantae cart, though. It would be. Prototype or not. <laughs> I'm sure it's just Photoshopped a rendered or not. image. Yes, just a rendered image. Um, yeah, but I think that's another problem, right? What, what other games have been announced? Um, I thought they had six, I wanted to say. There's Pure Solar... Tiny Knight. 
Um, I don't know of any other ones. No, they officially announced another one not too long ago. Um, it'll come to me. I'll interrupt you when I think of it. That's just fine. Um, so let me ask then. So how many games do you think need to come out on this thing for it to be any sort of success? I mean, how often does do things need to be published? In the first year? Well, okay, at, let's at say launch? In, in, what does it need in at launch? launch? Okay, so I think we can all probably agree launch day doesn't matter a whole lot. I mean, the N64 launched with two games. <laughs> two amazing games, though. Two amazing uh, exclusive games. Right. But I let's say launch year. So the 12-month so, window after say, launch. All right. Um, How many games? Let's see if they can hit 15 to 20. That, that would make most people happy. For first year? Yeah. Do you think they could actually do that? I do. I do. They've got, they do have six. I pulled up their page here. They got Tiny Knight. Okay. They got Pure Solar. All right. They got Supernova's Arc 3D. Oh. <laughs> Everybody wants that. Um, Is that what? Pico Interactive, I think? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Owns yeah, that's that. Right. All right. Yeah. Um, that other one that Gamesters do in the uh, Sydney Hunter and the Caverns of Death. Yeah, it's Collector Vision Games, right? Yeah. Okay. So that one's coming out. Um, they have one called Read Only Members, looks like. I'm not sure what that is. And Songbringer. Also not sure what that one is yet. Songbringer. So out of all of these, there's one game that anybody knows. Pure Solar. Right. And which has been out for years and years. Yeah. Like on, what, on other three consoles. years or so now, I want to say? Oh, the Genesis version, I think probably longer than that. Longer than that? Um, and has recently come to modern consoles, I think. I yeah. think you can get it on Wii U eShop, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. So. Songbringer looks cool. I'm watching their, looking at their website right now. It looks like a, yeah. like a Zelda clone, but like, I don't know, like Atari style graphics, but like fluid animation. So basically what we have here are the only people that are committed are homebrewers. Yes. Um, probably quite honestly because they have nothing to lose. They, I don't know. How much do you think they'd have to put into? Uh... Probably nothing. Do you think that for them just to have some software that. This, they, they'd these, have to meet a minimum get... print run to make it feasible, right? I like bet that five hundred cards, thousand cards. I bet or that something. technically retro is going to be the publisher, and these guys are just going to be developers. That would make sense. So probably nothing. Just the time. Just the time uh, and their effort. You know what? If this turns out just to be a homebrew console, I don't think that's the worst thing either. Definitely not as exciting, but still something I'd, I'd be read back. How many homebrew NES games do you own? Uh, about half a dozen. Okay. How excited are you when the new homebrew NES game comes out? Um, not your typical one. There's like maybe one or two a year that excites me out of the couple dozen that I usually hear about. Okay. Um, so can this thing survive if somebody like you is excited about one or two games a year? And you are, man, you are the top of the line target here. Totally. Um, if they can live off one or two attached rate a year, then they'll, they'll deal with me. 
I don't know if that's enough for them though. If they need me to buy five, six games for them to keep profitable. Uh, don't you think that they would have to have, I mean, I think they'd have to have pretty high attach rates given the low starting numbers. I mean, if it ramps up, then sure, these things even out. But I think them trying to make it through year one uh, is going to be tricky. Yeah, year one's going to be the make or break. And I don't know how if these guys have wads of cash in the bank. I'm going to guess no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think you'd be running a Kickstarter if you had the, the money to back it. Exactly. And they may have some investors. Um, this might be in addition to, you know, that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, if they had the cash, they would just do it. Um, and I'm going to probably guess, though, that they need that money because if you went to a real investor and say, hey, I'm going to make a brand new video game console to compete against Nintendo, Sony, and Sega, uh, and I have nothing lined up <laughs> from any publisher, <laughs> how many investors would go, okay. <laughs> $10 million. You got it. Let me write the check. I think the only thing that... Well, I won't say the only thing. I think one thing that does help this console, though, is that it is directly tied to Retro Magazine itself. So that's going to be basically like the Nintendo power of right. this thing, right? Makes sense. They're going to self-market the crap out of this thing. That read-only memories game is a point-and-click adventure. Wonderful. And it is launching on Steam next <laughs> next month. Well, it'll probably cost $2 tops on Steam and $68 on Retro VGS. It's worth it. It's worth it. You're going to play a point-and-click <laughs> adventure? I like point-and-click adventures. You don't? Not really. Yeah. Have you played no. Sam and Max? No. It's really fun. No. You, play, I... you love Shadowgate, though. Yeah, it's just because memories, right? <laughs> it's just memories. We had fun doing it that one time. We That's did. You're going to come back and do Uninvited with me? Yeah. Yeah? Well, anytime. All right. Let me know. I'll be happy. Um. Okay, so when this thing starts out in the Kickstarter, I mean, there's going to be, what, like a month or so yeah, to pull this in. Usually How, 30 what, days. Yeah, what kind of odds do you give it? 7,000 backers, eh? I think unless they announce some kind of cool game or license that they've they've got during the Kickstarter, mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll make seven thousand. But if they can say like we're getting Streets of Rage four and and Fantasy Star five, then then I think they're gonna hit ten to twelve thousand. Let me tell you, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the chances are slim. I I'm not Sega is not going to come off those properties. I'm not hopeful that the the Kickstarter is going to succeed, even though I'm going to throw my money onto it. Which is safe enough for you, because if it fails, then you're not out a dime, right? Right. Um, you're only on the hook if it succeeds, even if it barely succeeds. Yep. Um, now, as far as, because, you know, it's a Kickstarter, there's going to be reward tiers. And so you'll be able to shell in more money if you want extras or something. Um when you're looking at this thing, are you saying, look, I'm just putting in enough for me to get a console? Or do you go, I'm interested if there's a bundle with all six games or whatever? Yeah, that'd be cool, actually. If they, if they have a bundle with all the games, I'm, I might go for that. I, I don't really care about the, like, they're they're doing smaller production runs in some of the colors. Yeah. I, I don't need those. I'll take the bottom tier console if it comes with some games. Okay. All right. So 
practicality only, not too worried about special editions or anything like that. Yeah. And usually they have like the crazy ones where you get to go like have lunch with them and stuff. Like I don't need any of that stuff. <laughs> now you don't want to go have dinner with Mike Kennedy and I'm sure he's a nice guy, but it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a big trip for one dinner. I would agree, but you're flying all the way out here to see us. So you, you know. are worth a one trip dinner. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, take that, Mike Kennedy. You've been wooing me on here for years. <laughs> you, you've put the time in. I've put the time in. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is going in the wrong direction. Uh, no. Um, is there anything else that you can think of that they could put in that you would be like, oh, okay, yeah, I would be down for that? Mega Man 9 or 10. <laughs> Mega Man 9. That's not going to happen. <laughs> that is not going to happen. It's how about, how about Mega Man Cross Street Fighter? That's not going to happen. <laughs> Probably not going to happen. You know what I thought of you the other day? Because I saw a PS3 Capcom collection. <laughs> that and, was the most exciting, uh, followed by the most disappointed I've been in a long I time. I know, I know. And I picked it up and I was like, oh, download code. Every other game is on disc except for that one that's in it. <laughs> I know, I just thought that's oh, so it's such heartbreak. It is. That's terrible. That's, like, that's just mean to be mean, right? <laughs> Uh, on a tangent, though, are you buying Shovel Knight? Oh, heck yeah. I already pre-ordered two of them. Okay, because it comes out, what, this month, right? Um, No, they postponed it. It was supposed to be this month. I think it's early next month, though. I think okay. I think right when I get back from Retro World, it's like the 13th or something, I want to say, of October. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, I went and pre-ordered two copies for the Wii U to go with my two copies of Mighty Number no. 9 that I pre-ordered as well. Oh, yeah, that's coming next year. Yeah, that was supposed to be today. Supposed to be the ninth day. No, yesterday. The ninth day, the ninth month. Because um, it's Mighty Number no. 9. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. <laughs> and the, yeah, the reason they postponed it sounds ridiculous, too. Uh, that whole thing has been a little bit of a fiasco, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. <laughs> and on, honestly, the gameplay trailers aren't selling me too much. Like, I, I'm just getting it for the... I'm hoping. I'm hopeful that it's, it's better than it seems right now. I feel fine that I did not put in on that Kickstarter. That is one I totally agree with you, like taking the wait-and-see approach kind of thing. I kind of wish I had got in on Bloodstained, but I'm still pretty good of not being getting in on that. I got in on that one. I know. You You and Floyd were pretty excited about that. Uh, Engineer Mike's in on that, too, I think. I think he's actually in on that Shenmue 3 special edition, the physical one, too. Oh, good luck. <laughs> You'll see that in 2019 or something. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Sounds about right. All right. So, um, gosh, is there anything else that we would really need to cover? I mean, obviously, you know, the listeners are going to know a lot more than we, and we will by the time this thing comes out. Uh, the Kickstarter will be live. I'm going to be curious to see what happens with it. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Um, eagerly to see kind of how this thing goes. Because with Kickstarter, the either- first week's usually the most activity, right? Yeah, and then there's usually this big flurry right at the end yeah, to try to get last, it over the like, hump. Two days, yeah, has a little bit more, and it's kind of dead in the middle. Yeah, so I think it's going to be very telling. Um, do you want to do you want to make it just a friendly wager? How many um, backers do you think it'll have after one week on the twenty first? Oh, no, I think we need to. We don't know the money value because that's because people could do some of those crazy tiers. I know. Right? The, well, that that doesn't. I'm not money value. I mean backers. If there's a hundred guys, or if there's a thousand guys, or in yeah. one week, one week, uh, I will say three fifty. 
All right. I'm going to say 900. Nine. You're optimistic. All right. 900. That's that's not a good number, though. They need to beat that to actually make their target. So yeah. I don't know no, how optimistic that is. What? I mean, what's your bet as to if this Kickstarter succeeds or fails? I I honestly feel like it's got a good chance of failing. I, today, with the information we have, I would agree. I, I'm my hope is that four days from now, when they announce it, they have something cool, or they've been able to stick to their original price point, or something to make it more appealing than it is today. And I agree with you. I have no interest whatsoever in seeing a product fail. I mean, that doesn't excite me. I don't get some kind of weird, you know, like, haha, I told you. That's not at all. I would love this thing to come out and do well uh, at a good price point. Um, that would make me very happy. Uh, I just don't. Uh, there's so many questions leading up to the Kickstarter. Um, and it would have been more interesting maybe if we waited until the Kickstarter started. But I think this is actually more fun. This is, Yeah. <laughs> I like this is this. more fun for us. <laughs> uh, we, then we'll get to come back and look and go, how good, how right were we? How wrong were we? Um, when we're at the convention, it'll be close to the end of the Kickstarter. So it might be nice to do a quick reflection there. That's true. Yeah, we'll have to see how this whole thing is panning out. Um, I don't know. I mean, I have flashbacks. I know it's not the same sort of product, but I have flashbacks to Retron 5. Like Retron Five took forever to come out. Had a I, messy, messy launch too. Holy crap! Yeah, and I saw the thing way before, and they're like, "No, it's coming out here in a couple months," and it was like forever after that. And like that, like as a retailer too, that first uh, like six months was brutal. Yeah, because you could like not get stock. No, right, and then they ended up raising the price on it, and like I had, I had a few trickle in right away, and a couple customers snapped them up quick. And we're super happy with the price. And then the guys that didn't get it, when it came in, it was like $40 more. And it, they were like, what? Like, why didn't we get the last batch? I was like, well, we couldn't get any in. And now we had to pay more for them. And that's always frustrating to tell people. Yeah, well, the Canadian dollar doesn't help, right? No, at that point, like the dollar was fairly steady at that time. Um, it was the production cost has went up. So they upped our price. Um, oh, I yeah. see. All right. And I've heard some people have had some problems with those physically. So I don't. Um, we haven't had much. The threes, we had a buttload of problems with. So we stopped stocking them, but the fives um, been pretty solid. That's good. Mine so far is, you know, knock on wood, is good. <laughs> but I do actually use my original hardware still pretty pretty frequently. So yeah. it doesn't get tons of, of use. Um, we have mine hooked up at the store. That's where it gets most of its use. I don't really use it at home. Yeah. So, I mean, just I know the only reason I point that out is because, uh, quite honestly, Hyperkin, whether you like their products or you don't, have a lot more experience doing this than these guys do, and oh, they yeah. struggled. You yeah. know, they. Do you know what the sales numbers were on those? I'd be curious. On the retrons, I yeah. I don't know if they make that sort of stuff public. I'm gonna do a little Google search, see what we can find. Yeah, um, I mean, definitely they were selling through all of their stock for quite a while, just because it was so constrained. But yeah. Yeah. these days they're easy to find. If you want one, you can get one. Uh, at least here. I don't know about what it's like there. Um, yeah, we can, like, I got a company out of um, Manitoba that I do a lot of my, I used to order right through Hyperkin, but then when the dollar tanked, we found a Canadian distributor that was doing them. Um, so I get them in country now. Um, so we order them out of Winnipeg and they almost always got them stock. Once in a while, they'll be like, hey, we're out of this color. Can we send the other color instead? But we've never had it not be able to get them in. Yeah, I think it's definitely, they've, 
improve the situation or demand has gone down significantly or probably definitely. a combination of both. They're, they're a lot slower sell now, definitely. Um, we like when we did the big fan convention here in February, um, I was able to sell a bunch to people that didn't know they existed yet in a typical store. Like I maybe go through one a month now. I could see that. I mean, you have your early adopters that are really excited and have huge cart collections, but yeah. outside of that, you know. yeah. At the convention, it was just a bunch of people that don't play a lot of games. They're like, hey, I can play Mario on my HDTV. I don't have to pull out the CRT. Like, I'm done. I'm in. No, Yeah, that's one. it. I'm, I just want the Mario games. Yeah, exactly. You give me a Contra, uh-huh. you give me a Mike Tyson's Punch-Out and a Retron, and I'm happy. Yeah, which, you know, I mean, this is a ridiculous tangent, but you almost wonder why uh, Nintendo doesn't make a cheap all-in-one that just has, like, some of the classic games that you just plug into your TV. You know what I mean? No carts, no nothing. You can't add any games. Just that's all it does. You wonder like why Nintendo does a lot of things. Yeah, well. I mean, <laughs> a lot of people say, well, like undercut their other whatever. I don't want to hear it. So that's a little bit about the retro VGS. I guess what we think about it. Um, by the time this gets out there, we're going to find out. Everybody feel free to let us know if we're fools if we totally got it wrong or if we were somehow prescient and and got everything right uh or if we're an idiot or if we were naysayers or just let us know what you think i'm I'm kind of really curious to see what everyone's take is on this one for sure Well, thanks everybody for listening to another episode of the Collector Cast. Krabby, thanks for being here. It's good to be back. It's nice to, to just have, have some one-on-one time too. It's been a while, and we're gonna have some serious one-on-one time soon. Very serious. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think we talked on last show, but Krabby is flying all the way to beautiful Indiana to meet me for the drive to Retro World Expo. Right? Yeah. Looking forward to doing some game hunting and game playing with you. We are going to be seriously combing the state for a day, I think. Um, I've got a lot of spots I know we can hit, so we'll, we'll have some fun. I have not been game hunting in so long. Even if we don't find anything, I'm going to be just having such a good time because I've just been stuck working. I haven't even been able to garage sale or anything here for so long. <laughs> uh, you know, since it's a weekday, there won't be any garage sales. But, you know, I think we there's plenty of shops we'll have plenty to hit so i think we'll be just fine and there's always pawn shops and stuff as well so i think we'll be good but um i'm really gonna hope that we will be seeing quite a few of you at retro world expo um hopefully at the panel um if not though come grab us um i'm gonna have my rf generation t-shirt on crabby are you bringing yours I don't fit mine anymore, sadly enough. (laughs) I will be wearing either like a Game Quest t-shirt. I might be wearing my OTC video games t-shirt. Okay. Hey, where are the Game Uh, Quest ones? I'll be be next to the guy wearing the RF Generation (laughs) t-shirt. All right. Uh, You can look for us. Um, Either way, please. We're probably the friendliest guys around, so just come up and say hi. Um, We'll be happy to chat with you. Uh, good luck uh, scoring some stuff at the place. I'm going to hope that w- since we know Bill, we can raid the vendors in the evening before. <laughs> I am going to attempt my hand in the Dr. Mario tournament too. So if anyone oh. wants to compete, I'm going to try some Dr. Mario. 
you're going down. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I suck at Dr. Mario. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I think that's cool. I'm going to see a lot. I, I, I think I still get to be a judge of the cosplay contest. Oh, sweet. That's happening. So uh, they did say, you know, after the last episode, I brought that up. They did say they're going to do a cosplay contest. So I want to see some cool, you know, like Mario and everything else, you know. I was trying. We have these cosplay guys coming into the store now, and they've been working on some of their stuff in our back room. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was, I've been racking my brain with them for a while trying to figure out what I can cosplay as without having to shave everything off. <laughs> okay. And I, I think they're going to help me make a Shang Tsung cosplay. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Be pretty decent. I love it. Are you going to be old Shang Tsung or like Absolutely. younger Shang Tsung? No, I'm going, oh. going gray hair. We'll, we'll paint me down for the day or something. Like old MK1 Shang Tsung. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, that's great. You're going to be able to shoot some flaming skulls out of your hands? I can already do that. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Uh, but as always, you know, a couple different places they can find us. Krabby, where can people find us? Podcast Pickle. I don't really know if that exists anymore. Oh, is that down? I think I'm, I'm I looked still going to say time. it every episode, whether it's there or not. <laughs> I think I checked a little while back, and did it, it kick us off the pickle, or does it just not no, exist anymore? I think it just wasn't there. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> did it well, ever I'm, really exist? Have we just been making this up the well, whole time? Of course, it exists. I've never verified this. I've never checked. There, there was a site podcast pickle. I know because definitely people. Um, Bill said it won some awards and this stuff, and now it's not around anymore? This sounds made up. Uh, I actually just went to the Podcast Pickle website. Let's see what happens. This is live on air, and it's exciting radio. <laughs> uh, oh, now it redirects to something called Fast Pitch TV. That is not exciting at all. It's a softball thing. Oh, so Podcast Pickle is no more. That's sad. Let's have Should a we... moment of silence for the podcast pickle, shall we? Okay, that's enough. Where, <laughs> where else can people find us then, Grabby? Oh, collectorcast.com. We still do own that domain as long as I pay for it here in a minute. <laughs> so, <laughs> so next week, we may not be on that one either. No, I'm going <laughs> to renew it because nobody else wants it anyway. Uh, where else? Uh, rfgeneration.com. That is our home away from home where you can chit chat with us, right? You betcha. Try yeah, collection. We're always there popping in and out. Something like that. Krabby's always into the whatever that game with the where you say one word and then the other word. Word association. Yeah, you're always down. You started that. I did not start that. I you just didn't? thrive in there. No, way back when. Didn't you start that up? That was not me. No. Oh, my memory is scratchy then. You're getting you were a heavy That's user. understandable. I am a heavy user of the... <laughs> me and Father Jack are running that place lately, I think. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, you can also catch us, as we said before, on social media. So uh, you can find us at CollectorCast on Twitter. Um, we're on Facebook, CollectorCast. You're probably just... You're going to be talking to me. Uh, every once in a while, people will <laughs> pop on to there. Uh, Krabby doesn't know how to use social media. And he bought a phone from like 1963 or something so <laughs> whenever there are cool tweets bill texts them, or not bill chris texts them to me or i gr- do gr- i have to take a picture he takes a picture of them. the tweet sends it to me and then i respond and then he responds for me yeah that's how great his phone is folks <laughs> maybe when he's here i will teach you how to use twitter and you can respond for yourself you yeah. do actually still have a twitter account i've seen people try to tweet you <laughs> i do 
<laughs> you do. You made one eons ago. What uh, is it? Like Crabmaster? I think it's Crabmaster 2000, I think. Huh. Uh, I forgot about that. I just tell people that I'm like, he'll never respond to you. <laughs> don't don't even bother. <laughs> Ah, and you can find the show, though, um, you can get it on iTunes, right? How about Podomatic? We say that one yet? Podomatic, yes. You can download their app, which I see more listeners have been doing that on Podomatic. How about Stitcher? Probably. Yes. (laughs) You can get the show on Stitcher. Not as many listeners on Stitcher. More going to Podomatic. I like to listen to it on YouTube. You can, yes, YouTube. We have a YouTube channel there. You can catch every back show. I know we don't have all the back shows on the RSS feed, but every one of them is there on YouTube. You can go back and delight yourself with how great we did this way back when we first started. Right, Krabby? It was the best. <laughs> it's the best no. podcast you'll ever hear. Some, no, something. No, it wasn't. Um, I do want to address one other quick thing before we wrap up and say goodbye. I had someone send me a tweet, and I do get this question rather often. Somebody asked, hey, what happened to small scores that you used to do? (laughs) The show got cut in half from eight hours to four hours by cutting that segment out. And that was just airtime. Like, there was so much prep time in that. It was like 10, 12 hours sometimes. Yeah, and let's – to really, to be honest, just to answer this on the show, then maybe people won't ask. I mean, not that I mind answering the question. The reality is it's just time, right, Krabby? Yeah, Um, it was a a big endeavor, a big effort, lots of prep work. We kind of gave it up. Yeah. um, When we – Krabby and I first started this, um, I had one less child, and Krabby had one less job. True. Very true. (laughs) So we had more time on our hands. And then we brought Bill in, and then Bill's had two children in that span of time. So uh, the honest truth the, is the I collector just, cast is like an aphrodisiac. You just can't stop making babies when well, there's a collector cast going on. You know, I do get hit on quite often when I've got the microphone in front of me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the big phallic symbol here. <laughs> Fertility. But uh, no, I mean, that's it. Would I love to do it? Um, sure. Uh, honestly, if somebody would approach me and say, hey, I will do all the work and all you have to do is show up and talk and I'll edit the whole thing, <laughs> I'd be down for that. <laughs> Living the dream. <laughs> I don't think that's probably likely to happen. I have been approached about some people possibly doing a, a small scores only spinoff. If that comes to fruition at some point in time, I will be happy to plug that. Um, I really did love doing it. It's a lot of fun to talk about it was the, fun. the things people collect and I still like to look at it. Uh I really wish I had more time in the day. Uh, I just don't. And that's just the reality of it. So hopefully you like what we're doing now. Uh, maybe every once in a while we'll we'll go back and do one for fun. But uh, it kind of is what it is. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. We really hope we see you soon at the Retro World Expo.